Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not any fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Here's what everybody's been trying to tell you. I say this gently. Your user agreement sucks. I'm going to suggest to you that you go back home and rewrite it. And tell your $1,200 an hour lawyers, no disrespect, they're good. But but tell them you want it written in English, in non-Swahili. At the end of that exchange, when you were asking the question of Mark, you said uh, in English, uh, not in Swahili. There has been outrage over your Swahili line by some, some calling it a racial slur. Do you want to apologize for it, or do you think that those people are taking it too seriously? No, there's nothing to apologize for. I, I, I think everybody understood the point I was trying to make. So no, no apology at all? No. All right. You are fake news. Very fake news. I'll write it and we'll do it live. I agree with that. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. You got that Warski stream off just in time. To I do know. It's like crack. I just... I just can't turn it off. I even watched the stream last night. Yeah. I don't know why this is a thing, but I, I can't yeah. look away. Up until 6.59.50 <laughs> Mountain Time. Hold on, I got to tune back into this Wolski stream. It's so bad. Meanwhile, a major week of news to recap. Um, we're back lobbing missiles into Syria again. This was like exactly a year ago, and I feel like I'm in a time machine because as far as I can tell, as casual observer guy with this, I'm not a great you know, international politics mind. It's yeah. like, didn't we do this already? Exact Haven't I seen thing. And then I remember me getting too furious about it last year. And then he does this strike that everybody's predicting is going to be World War Three, And it turns out to be strategic and tactical. And there are no casualties. Although I think six people were killed last year. But Well, and everyone's getting furiouser and furiouser. <laughs> yeah. If you look at, well, we got some reactions to look at it too. So we'll try to break down what the serious strike is all about which I feel like I could I did this a year ago, probably did. We're going to keep uh, this short, though, because it really turned out to be a big nothing. So. And there are um, and there are there are reactions to it as well. The Alex Jones reaction is quite good. Rachel Maddow reaction is quite good. We'll take a look at those. You mean painful, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to watch and, them again. And I mean, uh, David Hogg's older brother, Rachel yeah. Maddow. That's that's a, her yeah. official his official title, her official title, whatever. Uh, big week for FBI news. So the FBI raids Trump lawyer Michael Cohen's apartment in his hotel room looking for, as far as I understand, evidence regarding the Stormy, Stormy Daniels controversy that was passed off from Mueller. Um, it's all part of the Russian long game. You'll see. You'll all see. We're going to get him eventually. I can't tell what's going on with half this crap. And I, I should care a lot about this as a search and seizure issue. I'm so fed up with all this FBI crap and, and the I entire know. Mueller investigation and all of this. 
but we'll figure out what's going there. Yeah. What's going on there. And other FBI news, Jim Comey's new book, A Higher Loyalty, set to release Tuesday. Excerpts are already out. Uh, he is interviewing with George Snuffleupagus over on uh, ABC 2020, like right now or tonight. Media reports. Oh, yeah, yeah. There have been clips that have come out, but the main interview is tonight. Uh, the biggest, the biggest bombshell since the Stormy Daniels Anderson Cooper Sunday night interview a few weeks ago. Uh, speaking of which, media bo- media reports do call it a bombshell. I've looked at CNN's top excerpts from the book. There's no bomb. I know. It's it's a bunch of petty garbage. Small hands and tanning goggles. It's nothing. Yeah. So we'll read through a few of those. You heard it in the intro that Mark Zuckerberg heads to Congress, uh, takes uh, some grilling about data security and Russian election meddling from uh, both Senate and House committee members. Did you but know I... that he was a manlet before all of this? <laughs> I didn't until I saw him in the booster seat. I did not know that. I he didn't was such prep a the guy. booster thing, the booster seat thing. I, I didn't think he was short. No, he's but like apparently... five six. I think. Okay, I I did not know that. I didn't expect that. Mm. I actually think the most interesting questioning was about political bias, specifically from Ted Cruz and Ben Sass. And honestly, when it comes to Facebook and social media, that's what's most interesting to me. It's not that the data privacy and stuff isn't. But I want to play a few of those uh, exchanges uh, um, with Mark Zuckerberg about political bias on social media. And then uh, one senator, uh, John Kennedy from Louisiana, said, hey, you should write your user agreement in English, not Swahili. And of course, Aaron Burnett over at CNN goes fiercely at him because, of course, Das Racist. You're going to apologize? You're going to apologize? He's yeah. like, I'm old. No. <laughs> good. Good, yeah, for him. good for him. Maybe want to stand up and cheer. Yeah. Speaking, for, uh, speaking of racism, the Simpsons responds to the Apu controversy. Amy Schumer uh, gets another degree more awful. We'll take a look at that. And uh, it's Sunday, so that means hoax hate of the week, and we'll call it a show. It will, uh, and we will take um, super chats in between topics. Of course, ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We've got the policy, but we got to keep the Sunday show moving along. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. You want to take us on the go. Uh, the audio format of the show is all linked in the description. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find us and listen wherever your travels may take you. I have um, some listener contributions to get to and a few stories to update. But beforehand, I wanted to hear this brief story one more time about you. You saw a dead hobo. Oh Yeah, I mean, I presumably dead. I took my dogs out yesterday and I see these two guys. It's like raining. I see these two guys standing over what I thought was a dead dog in the middle of the street. And then like, I'm like, oh no, a dog. Oh no. And so like I get a little closer and I see that it's a, a big man lying face down motionless and they've covered him with their jacket. Um, so like I waited around to see what was going to happen and the ambulance came and they got out and they like, you know, poked him and, and stuff. And he was totally motionless. And I just see them moving so super slow and then I go back up to my apartment. I look down from the balcony and like three to five minutes later, they're still loading him into the car. And so I, I'm fairly certain he had overdosed in the street and that, and that he was dead. Um, but I, you know, this is like crazy third world shit. People are, are literally dying in the streets. Yeah. I, when you first told me, I was trying to think, have I ever seen a dead body outside of like a funeral display context? Have I ever seen just a dead body out there in existence. I don't think I have. I, if I have, I don't recall. 
And I was talking to my friend at the dog park and they said that they saw um, this woman who was presumably a heroin addict, like nursing a newborn baby while she was begging in, in the rain. Jeez. It, a, a newborn baby. Like th- it just blows my mind. That this is America. And these are the kinds of problems we're having. Homelessness is up 44% in the last two years in Seattle, two years. Jeez. Well, I, I don't know much about the specifics, but my understanding is they've basically subsidized it into a lifestyle choice. Oh yeah. More or Almost less. all the homeless people that I see here are, are voluntary. It looks, I mean, they're able-bodied millennials with drug addiction. So hmm. yeah. Well, one month until you escape the degeneracy for two good. Months. Oh, two months. Yeah. Two months until you, till you actually leave. Anyway, crazy story. Um, yeah. I don't have a segue. How do I segue from dead <laughs> hobo body? Now let's look at a picture of a cute dog in one of our mugs. Yeah, we got um, but we did get some uh, merchandise pictures from listeners. Uh, this is from listener Miara with the G's mug. That's very cool and very cool dogs. And uh, got a T-shirt from uh, from Josh as well. So if you're if you want to check out the merch for the store, uh, that's all links in the description. You can check that out. And again, we don't make a single buck off that. We're Which just, is really stupid, but whatever. Yeah, if you want to pay us to advertise for us, go ahead and pay the T-shirt company. But we're not making money off you for that. And uh, one one last contribution was um, from Michael Schlecht. Oh, that was painful. He's uh, he says, "Hey, look, it's uh, if your wife is sick, it's perfect uh, mug in which to teabag." <laughs> which uh, which was a theme this week, uh, teabagging, of course. So I'm glad that the mugs are useful teabag receptacles. A few stories to update. Uh, we, I said we would do this last week. I can't believe it. And good thing I didn't say that I was going to eat my hat. I know. I'm glad I don't have to douse a, a hat in sweet baby rays and shredded cheese and yeah, try to eat really? it with a fork. So anyway, yes, you we are fake we, news. Very fake news. As I promised, we would update the story. Uh, this this story got even weirder, though. Like I can't. Okay, so I can't figure out. As it seems nobody can, because there's not a lot of publicly available information on this. Apparently, German privacy laws are really strict, and that's why we can't get a lot of good information about this guy. That plus the investigation is not turning up a whole bunch. But what we know since uh, Sunday, I said if it was Hans, we would correct. Turns out it's Jens. (laughs) Jens Ruther? Ruther? I can't believe it i just yeah. can't believe it it's shocking to me i mean I'd, I'd really like to know more about the motive especially because wasn't he at the bataclan yeah but that's what's weird is i thought oh he was at the bataclan uh when it was attacked in this is the paris music theater that was attacked by isis in what 2015 yeah. but he actually wasn't there at the attack he was there immediately prior and people say well that really shocked him uh so Jens Ruther is a 48-year-old German interior designer, bodybuilder, and heavy metal fan. Uh, officials said he was known to police and had been the subject uh, to charges of threats, criminal damage, fraud, and hit and run, um, which were all later dropped. So he had previous run-ins with the law. Are you telling me actual mental illness? It seems to be. It's at least as far as we know right now. I mean, now. I still he, think there's more to this story, but he appears to not be Muslim, so... In the, 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 there's been no political motive identified so far. He is believed to have attempted suicide in the past and struggled with mental health issues and problems at, at work. No known accomplices, no known motive. So who knows? Keep an eye on it. This is very strange. It's, uh, I was so traumatized by almost being at the ISIS attack that I committed an ISIS-style attack. That's yeah, basically I the need, story of Jens Ruther. I need more information still. Yeah. Maybe he was a converted white guy. 
I just have a hard time believing that Islam wasn't involved in this. We basically have no precedent except for that one guy that um, slammed his truck into a mosque. Right. Is that right? Is that what he did? Yeah, but yeah, that was like an anti-Islamic truck attack. I forget when that was, but I think that was in the UK, right? Well, I guess Islam wasn't a factor and actual mental health was. So Yeah, that's what, like I said, the nothing to do with the religion of peace terror attack of the week. That's what it was. <laughs> Although it's not even a terror attack because there's no political motive. It's just a weird guy doing a truck attack for unknown reasons. The one time the narrative was actually true. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on with some of these quick stories before we hop into the serious stuff. Update on the lesbian cliff diving in California. What? This is just the story that keeps giving, seriously. It gets crazier and crazier. So authorities, investigating authorities say Jen Hart was drunk. Jen Hart apparently was the driver. Remember, it's Jen and Sarah Hart, the lesbian couple who are have these six adopted children. And they drove them off a cliff end of March, March 26th. So according to investigators, Jen Hart was driving, had a .102 and her wife, Sarah, and two of the kids were drugged with, um, I don't have that. Diphenhydramine, it's Benadryl. Diphenhydramine, thank you. Yeah, the active ingredient in Benadryl that will put you to sleep. I mean, at least for me. I'm suspicious about this because you take a Benadryl, it's not like you just get real drowsy. It's not like you can't control being awake you know that's true like it it definitely makes me really tired and i go to sleep i don't know maybe maybe in excess it would actually put you to sleep i don't know i just find it hard to believe that that i mean how would you dose people without them knowing i I mean enough that they would be totally unconscious they would have to take a shit a shitload of it yeah i mean it's not clear that it was an intentional drugging as i mean the the headline implies that they were definitively intentionally drugged and put to sleep when that's not yeah. exactly what Maybe it says. Maybe they were just like, kids, we need to go on this long car trip. Take this medicine yeah. so you can just sleep it off. There's a toxicology report on a third child pending. Sarah texted a friend late at night on March 24th, two days prior to the cliff jump, complaining of illness, saying she might need to go to the hospital. Uh, it's not clear what exactly she was complaining about, and we know that she lies a lot, so who knows? (laughs) I take that one with a grain of salt. Uh, Lieutenant Shannon Barney, a Mendocino County Sheriff's Office spokesman, said Friday that authorities can't rely on dental records to identify the body that was recovered last weekend. So remember, there was a fourth child's body found in the ocean somewhere. They can't identify the child's body because they haven't been able to find a dentist who treated the children. Yet another piece of information that speaks to child neglect and or abuse. Um, um, although they've only had some of those foster kids for like a, a few years. It's not like they've had them yeah. for their entire lives. Still, I'm not you, defending these lesbian parents that kill their kids, by the way. You think uh, you think they would have gone to the dentist at some point? Yeah. Um, if it was, so if this was in fact an intentional drugging and a drunken murder suicide, it was by Jen. Jen is the one who was doing the driving. So you recall that Sarah is the one who pleaded guilty to child abuse in Minnesota, not Jen. So if this is as it appears, we come to the conclusion that we basically already knew both of them were psychos. Both of them were absolutely crazy. It wasn't one dominating the other. Like Sarah, Sarah previously was in legal trouble for beating kids. Jen apparently is the one who possibly drugged her family, definitely got over the legal limit and drove off a cliff. Jesus Christ, that is so hardcore. Yeah. I mean, initially I was like, they were worried that CPS was going to close in on them, but they just kept leaving the charges behind. They had been getting CPS charges for the better part of a decade. Yeah. So what what was the imminent threat to them at that point in time? This story is so fucking I can't wild. try to rationalize it. Yeah, there's no way to rationalize this. I I 
<laughs> I mean, even if you think like, oh, the, the authorities are after me wrongly and they're going to take away my kids. I get the fleeing part. I don't understand the kill them all part. Yeah. And that's, that's where you lose me a little bit. It's Anyhow, keep things moving along. Uh, update on the Laura Ingram front. Laura Ingram versus David Hogg. Interesting report out of the Daily Wire. Uh, major advertiser returns to Ingram as ratings are maintained. So Ace Hardware <laughs> has returned to advertising on Laura Ingram's show. In an email to The Wrap, a spokeswoman for Ace Hardware said that the company reversed its decision and apologized for having, quote, incomplete information when it made the initial decision to drop advertisements from Ingram, Ingram show. Why do you think that's cop out? You think they're incomplete information? My foot, they're just mm. pussies. They got pressured into doing something and then they turned it back around when they realized they were going to lose money. Companies just need to stand firm. All you have to do is press through a few weeks of bad publicity and then everything goes back to normal. Just tell As, as though anyone was like, running. screw you ACE. I'm going to home Depot I instead. Know. In fact, people who do stand strong on these things, that makes me actively choose their companies. It's like I was saying before the show, we were talking about fast food and I said, it's all about Arby's. One, because Arby's is good, but two, because David Hogg protests Arby's. And didn't and you I, have some political reason for liking Wendy's too? Yeah, because they tweeted out a Pepe meme. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was like a year ago, a little more than that. They, uh, their, their statement continues, advertising on any network or show is in no way an endorsement from Ace of the content contained uh, or spoken within that program. We appreciate the different points of view from our customers, and we believe that people should be treated with respect and civility, yada, yada, yada. Point is, they're back. Screw you, David Hogg. It's not working, and we know that because there's been no effect on Fox's finances, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, a person familiar with Fox News ad sales strategy said there's been no impact on the company's bottom line as advertisers who have pulled out uh, of Ingram's show have either moved uh, their spend to other shows or are holding their money in reserve. We also know that the ratings for Ingram's show have stayed constant. There's been no ratings, late uh, ratings loss suffered at all. So screw you, David Hong. You didn't no, do anything. Stop did. talking about changing you're the world. Out of the news cycle. You're already irrelevant. I can feel your irrelevancy. <laughs> Here Palpable. we are talking about him though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. I guess we should talk about Syria. I mean, I was so pissed earlier in the week because, um, you know, I thought that Trump was going to get us more involved in this. He already said that we were leaving. I do not think that this strike was Assad, this chemical attack. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess let's just go through the basics. Uh, the U.S., Britain, and France launched precision military strikes in Syria to punish the Assad regime for an apparent chemical weapons attack against civilians. So I looked into this. France put out um, a, re a report. So did Russia, although they're both going to be biased. And the French report basically just said that they used witness accounts and photos and videos to verify that this was Assad. But just from my, from my perspective, why would Assad do this? Why would he do this? He had already garnered all this support all across, um, all across Syria. Uh, people had generally started to agree with him, and America said that they were going to leave. Also, ISIS has been virtually defeated. Why would he do that? I just We should resist getting more deeply entrenched in middle eastern affairs because 40 people were killed and why is, this is that is that the total tally from the chemical I attacks like i mean i know that there's three to 60 something like that i know it's the principle rather than the effect i know it's all about internet the international law against chemical weapons and all that so the yeah, body count I, mean, I don't i honestly don't even really agree with that either getting blown up with a bomb your limbs fly off it's horrific it's totally horrific how is a chemical attack worse than that how could it be worse than getting shot by an AR-15? The worst thing possible. <laughs> the worst thing possible, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I just don't think that there's really any evidence that this was committed by Assad. But there were no casualties. They knocked out three of the supposed chemical uh, bases where Assad's making chemical weapons. Um, yeah, no, no casualties. So it just seems like this was kind of like last time where it's just a big dick wagging thing. And he just wanted to show the world stage that we actually do take chemical strikes seriously. So fine, you know, fine. Didn't kill anybody. Okay. I, I still don't like it in principle. I think we probably should have done nothing, but you know, I'm not as pissed as I was like four days ago when I was like, I'm done with Trump. I'm off the Trump train, <laughs> yeah. which let's, I do. Uh, too many times. Let's listen to Trump's statement on, um, on the strike. My fellow Americans, a short time ago, I ordered the United States Armed Forces to launch precision strikes on targets associated with the chemical weapons capabilities of Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. Tonight, I want to speak with you about why we have taken this action. Last Saturday, the Assad regime again deployed chemical weapons to slaughter innocent civilians, this time in the town of Doma. This massacre was a significant escalation in a pattern of chemical weapons use. The purpose of our actions tonight is to establish a strong deterrent against the production, spread, and use of chemical weapons. Establishing this deterrent is a vital national security interest of the United States. <laughs> this was uh, one of the top comments on the official White House YouTube. <laughs> On the official White House channel, Trump's official video announcing the Syria strike, one of the top comments at the time, 53 upvotes, hopefully it's more by now, just says unsubbed. I was really into Trump's channel until he put <laughs> until that now. bullshit out there, and now I just can't watch him anymore. So, I don't uh, know, and I, I'm particularly concerned because Bolton has this history of warmongering, and that timing is it just makes me skeptical about all this. I'm willing to hang on because he's still better than Hillary, but you know, stuff like this makes me think that I can't support him again. Well, maybe he'll, maybe he'll finally get your, your wall built and you can really, cause I don't see any part of a wall, but I see some fucking chain link fences and nothing else and some national guard. That's it. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I, I've, don't look to me to be like the the Trump cultist. You know? It just pisses me off. I mean, all yeah. all I wanted was a wall and not to get more deeply entrenched in Middle Eastern affairs. Like this is exactly yeah. the opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, he's betraying I, his base, and he's going to be fucked in the next election if he I, continues to do this. Like he needs to build a wall. I will admit freely that my knowledge of the Syrian conflict is minimal. My international politics cred is minimal. I am not going to be the guy that's going to tell you. I'll give you a nuanced take on international relations and all this stuff. All I know is that I've seen this script before of, hey, you know, this this uh, brutish Middle Eastern dictator guy, he's got chemical weapons. We should go stop him. I've seen that. I've seen that yeah. script. I don't really want to intervene. Uh, that's a very layman take, but that's and my general perspective. 40, so I 45 people or whatever killed with chemical weapons. We're, we're acting like this is the worst thing ever. There, there are open air slave markets in Libya that nobody gives a fuck about. And we date destabilize that entire region. And everybody's mm. like, whoops, it's just a cost of, of doing business. Like I love how the left is anti-war, anti-war, anti-war. And now they're like, this is definitely the right thing to do. Well, that, I was <laughs> interested because I thought, am, am I, I know my understanding of this is not great. So I thought, am I missing something? I need to read a take from somebody who's on the other side of this, on the other side of my tendency or my general reaction without a ton of information. So I went to the Washington Post and they had an editorial uh, from, from their entire editorial board 
called Trump was right to strike Syria, but the mission is far from accomplished. I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. Like the one time that they are going to praise the president is when he's doing warlike activities in the Middle East again. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- but I, this this is some of their case. Um, they they write uh, it is. I'll just I'll read from my notes here. It quote, it is vital that the international prohibition against the use of those horrific agents be upheld, uh, chemical weapons. The participation of Britain and France in the uh, in the operation was important in that respect. They note minimal damage to civilians, no casualties and no damage or at least avoidance of damage to Russian assets. Uh, Quote, only then. With the de- This is where it gets interesting. They actually say, good job, Trump, but not far enough. Only then, with the departure of the Assad regime, will it be possible to ensure that Syrians do not suffer more atrocities by chemical weapons or by other means. That is why it was wrong for Mr. Trump to call Friday's operation a, quote, mission accomplished. Whether the president accepts it or not, the challenge to vital U.S. interests in Syria is far from over. Oh, boy. Like, I just can't believe I'm hearing this from from the anti-war left. They, this is what happens when you have no principles. Yeah. And I, I was I was thinking about, I mean, the perspective all it, it comes down to, do we have a duty to stop the use of these chemical weapons as an international community? Maybe I'm tired of being world police, though. Yeah. One, we don't to your point, And again, I have not looked through everything, but I I'm unaware of definitive proof that Assad was behind the attack. Just sort of that's what everybody's saying. Uh, so this whole take at the Washington post relies on that assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's, even if it's right to enforce that international ban on chemical weapons, which it maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the right thing to do. I just don't like that. It's the U S's job uniquely, or in this case with two other parties, like can't we rely on some broader international community or maybe regional people to deal with this as opposed to us being world police. Um, and yeah, and to the point on, on regime change, like, Mm. we've been I, here before folks. forgive me if i'm uncomfortable with the just regime change in the middle east generally it tends not to go particularly well mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm not convinced i don't i i as i said this sounds like a repeat to me and so i'm not freaking out over this even though i think i am more on the opposition side but the reaction to it has been delightful did you have the full alex jones reaction earlier or no, did you ever get that far Oh, I also did want to mention, this is some real tinfoil hattery, but the only person that I saw in the mainstream media questioning, legitimately questioning whether or not this was Assad, was Tucker Carlson. And these missiles were deployed Friday night at like five minutes after Tucker's show. Hmm. (laughs) So I was thinking, maybe Trump did that. He tuned in. He was like, oh, crap. They're well, on to no, us. I mean, but he, Tucker's show was incredibly popular. Millions and millions of people yeah, yeah. watch it. I mean, so I, I see why. And I know why he did it on a Friday evening. It's because people generally don't care about the news cycle then. They do. Yeah. They release a lot of information on Friday evenings uh, deliberately. So, yeah. Alex Jones had quite the reaction to this. <sighs> I'd like to watch this again. Yes. Uh, so Alex Jones was brought to tears and called Trump an Al-Qaeda butt boy <laughs> over this. It's, cl- it's classic Alex Jones. You know, <laughs> stop supporting Trump. And it's the opposite of what my ex-wife says. She says, you know. What's this really about, bro? Oh, the system took the kids away from me. No, you got the kids back because of who I was part of the time. And then they sit there and they're like, you know, if you just turn against Trump, things will be better. But he was doing good. And that what makes it so bad. Oh, no. Oh, and that's what makes it so bad. If he'd have been a piece of crap for the beginning, Look at Owen's it would be face. so bad. But we made so many sacrifices. And now he's crapping all over us. It makes me sick. 
Last an Al Qaeda butt boy segment. Regime. Again He's now the, the buddy of Al Qaeda. Hit pause. Back it up. He said Hillary's the founder of Al Qaeda. Well, you're now the butt boy of Al Qaeda, Trump. <laughs> you now give them fluffer, you know, services. I mean, I'm serious. I will not sell out the truth. I will not sell out who I am. So screw you. Oh, and I'm serious, man. This is BS. You know that scene in The Simpsons where they like zoom into Ralph's face and, and Bart says, you can see the exact moment that you break Ralph's yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. You can see the exact moment that Owen is questioning his career choices on going on InfoWars. Well, He's like, Owen's just like us, man. Like there's no going back now. You're just, you, you, you're you yeah. doing what you're doing. There's no going back. Yeah, no. And uh, I, I mean, I haven't talked to Owen for quite some time. No, we, we love Owen. I mean, again. but this, you know, I, he was talking about his divorce here. Like the, yeah. that was, there were other things going on. Sure. And truth be told, I, I can understand some of the sentiment. It's just, it's dressed up with classic Alex Jones theatrics. So I, yeah. kind of, and, and I, I'm unclear about when he says Al Qaeda butt boy is perhaps you understand this a little bit better than <laughs> I don't know. is the theory here that it was, that this was a false flag done by al-qaeda or isis as a means to yes. provoke the u.s into yes, yes. conflict yes. okay so that's why he would be a, a butt boy is because he's serving their seemingly purposes yeah. or interests okay a butt boy yeah I, yes i thought he said bus boy the first time i, I watched hey speaking of butt boys rachel maddow had a reaction ah, you want to hear it uh, yeah david hogg's older brother it is worth considering on a night like tonight that there are um, there are national security consequences to having a presidency that is as chaotic as Mr. Trump's presidency, a presidency that is as consumed by scandal and criminal intrigue as his presidency is. It has national security consequences. When the president orders missile strikes on Syria on a night like tonight, if the president of the United States is believed to have issued the order to launch this strike tonight, even in part because people think he wanted to distract from a catastrophic domestic scandal that is blowing up at home at the same time. Mm. The perception that the president may have ordered these strikes in part because of scandal will affect the impact and the effectiveness of these military strikes. It's all a smoke and mirror show. It's all to distract. It's all to boost those presidential poll numbers when he really needs it. I don't, I don't buy that at all. If you, it's the worst distraction you could ever come yes, up with. But I can get on, I can 5% get on board with this because he had to, maybe he, he's always protecting his ego. And I think maybe to, um, kind of throw off this Russian collusion narrative, which is non-existent, but to show the general public that he actually has no allegiance to Russia, that this might have been kind of a show of force to do that. I mean, maybe those benefits At are incidental, but I don't think they're the foundational purpose for doing this. Like to me, that seems... Right. At, at least... If the theory is Trump has an image to repair, therefore he started bombing the Middle East. It, I, I looked for polling on this. I could only find polling out of the UK, not out of the US. So assuming it'll come out in the next couple of days uh, during this week, I'm going to speculate that this is not going to be a politically popular move. It might be more of an even split, but it's not a slam dunk. I don't think this right. is a, I don't think this is a polling numbers booster i don't think there's a lot of people out there saying i was on the fence about trump then he bombed syria and i really thought he was cool i <laughs> i don't really think it's changed most of the people were really angry about that i think th i think he pissed off his base big time yeah. i heard a lot of people that were really in trump's camp this entire time that were like i'm 
I'm out on this. I, I can't support you anymore. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. The the Alex Jones sentiment was fairly common. Um, right. I mean, so not the Alex Jones sentiment. But I'm just well, the the sentiment he was expressing. He was right. expressing it in a theatrical way. But there were a lot of people who agreed. Like, all right, you lost me on this. I I, I might be out at this point. I yeah. Might say goodbye. Myself to included. You. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not happy about this. Uh, <clears throat> but at least there were no casualties. Yeah, that's all I got on it, though. I just uh, oh, good. No more was... clips about that. Thank God. No, no, just those two. But we got FBI stuff to get into. Oh God. But we should probably take a break. I imagine before we do uh, that. Yeah. Let me reload this really quick. Oh, geez. We got lots of them. Uh, JV dude, actually, this is JV dude. Last week, you guys were debating in and out versus five guys. Sorry to say you're hmm. both wrong. It's all about what a burger. I've never been there. So I it's can't in the it. South. I've seen one, but I've never been to one. Uh, so I can't comment. I can't comment either. Pharisee just says Jews. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's, that's all the notes said. Thanks. Uh, Kyle Gaudet, blonde, looking super sexy as usual. Thank you. Which I think Matt would agree with that. Also, I was saying boomers. I agree with that. <laughs> saying boomers? Boomers. I was oh, saying uh, yeah, yeah. Classic. It's a, there's a lot of Simpsons references today, oh, yeah. which is interesting because we're going to talk about the Simpsons later and this Apu stuff. That's true. Yeah, classic line. Uh, I was saying boomers. <laughs> Far too yeah. hard said, happy to be a part of this. Thank you very much. Uh, Corey Foster. Hey, guys. Love the show. I recently got my coworker, Ben, to listen to you guys. Keep up the good oh, work. Cool. Yes, Ben, you're a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Ben, if you are. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Mr. DJ Fly High. Matt, thoughts on the Bully Hunters fiasco? I thought uh, it's a meme waiting to happen. Okay, so I kind of tried to understand what was happening. This was like some feminists that were trying to fight online bullying in the video game yeah. community. It turned out to be one chick, and then she got caught and then shut her, like, quit the internet. Is that correct? Yeah, I've only seen it at a surface level, and I've had a lot of people messaging me about it. I just haven't had time over the weekend to look at it. I did put it down as a possible show topic, but we're not going to do it tonight. I uh, I might look into it, but I, as far as I understand, your characterization is correct. It was something about feminists mad about how people call them mean names on the internet, and they're going to get you back, and they made this dramatic trailer about what they were going to do, but you could tell like, hey, decent production quality, but this isn't going to do shit. Can we just and let dudes have like one thing Without yeah. just going in there and screwing it up. Don't try to take away our teabagging, you idiots. It's <laughs> never going to happen. God. Mr. DJ Fly Eye, Matt. Oh, I just read that one. Uh, Colby Bohannon. Matt, my fandom of the Cowboys is dead. Can't watch a ah. league that tolerates Neil for the flag I served. Why do you still watch the NFL? Uh, your love for the Cowboys is dead. Well, I guess the Cowboys did that thing. They did Neil once. Um, for the same reason I tolerate anything else. Like, as long as it is not prohibitive, I, I don't. I don't patronize a business or watch a show based on the political perspectives of those people if they make it prohibitive then i guess i have to as in if it's if it's required to view the show that i agree with their politics or if their politics is always a grandstand before everything but i don't think the nfl's got to that point yet do i disagree with the stance of the color kaepernick's of the world yeah do i find it annoying because it's irrelevant to football yeah but at the end of the day, I still turn on the game and it's not a major part of it. Football being gay is a better reason to not watch football than any of this. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will always try to separate the politics from the I don't think that Colin Kaepernick represents the entire league, nor Michael Bennett. Um, not all. I guess I'll go with the hashtag not all defense, but hopefully the league gets it under control because I don't think it's good for. Oh, my God. Anything. Keep going. All right, keep going. I am Eric. I'm getting paid to watch the Comey interview and it kind of makes me feel dirty. Have some <laughs> of the money from that and you can feel dirty, too. Thanks. 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 I'm Eric. 
Uh, yeah. Evan M, are you familiar with Justicar? He's one of my favorite YouTube twinks, and he's another libertarian stranded in Seattle. I'm not, although I am not a libertarian. I'm a former libertarian. Yeah, full um, fash. Yeah, we're, we're full, but I've heard the name. Content. I've not seen the content. Neither so have I, but I, I am looking for some new some new YouTubers. So I'll check it out. Thank you, Evan. Uh, Clear Grit. Hey, Blonde, having lived in the Canadian equivalent of Seattle, Toronto, I feel your pain. The degeneracy of Seattle is probably 10 times worse. Get a baby in you and resist <laughs> the black pill all the best. Yeah, Skag's counting down the days until I can get pregnant because he's like, I just want you to not be insane anymore. <laughs> yeah, pregnancy for sanity. I know, right? Uh, Abraham, I was visiting Chicago one weekend, leaving at five in the morning and saw police around a body on the side of the road. Wasn't even in one of the bad areas. It's totally Ugh. messed up. Jeez. Thank you for that. Mike, uh, Mike fancy nothing to add of use, but I've watched your guys stuff for over a year and want to donate and hear my name on air. Also, oh, cool. here's a pickup line for blonde, a row of trash cans on Wednesday morning. I don't even... That one's over my head. <laughs> we're, we're it's probably really funny and we just don't get it. But thank you for tuning in know, for a I'm long sorry. time, man. Uh, Butte Mountain says, Blonde, bring us the blood of Aaron the Thought. I assume you mean the broad on Worski. We've already had Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, Zosante, Matt and I once made love in Syria. I launched an ass attack on his false flag, and he sent the troops in. Gay! It is really gay. Carry on. Uh, Big Red Doggy, we haven't heard from him in a long time. Of course, the soy boy David Hogg would protest Arby's, a.k.a. the American Beef Council. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, AZ Archer, lock and load. Matt, we're going to England. Have a great show. Guys, I'm calling in next week with a heavy hitter. Be ready. I, we oh, cool. Always ready for me. Sounds good. Um, Have a good trip. Let's just do two more right now. Big LC, Matt and I once made love during World War III. It started with us both showing off our ICBMs and ended with radioactive fallout all over Matt's nuclear bunker, if you know what I mean. That is Ooh, so super gay. All right, last one. You got another? Right. Agent Flippy, it feels like America is playing world police. If Americans were not killed in these attacks, then why should we interfere? Exactly. I understand that sounds bad, but we can't try to save and protect everybody. It's almost as though we're acting on behalf of the interests of other countries or something. What are you saying? I, I don't know. Move I just, along. Yep. Um, Move along. Oh, one more. One more. more. Uh, Shauna Lee, eight thoughts on the apparent freak out in New York City over Chick-fil-A opening and fear of Christian traditionalism. I actually haven't heard about this. New Yorker article is an I, epic read. I saw a headline. I have not. Um, I have not read the article. I've not. I'm not aware of what the argument is, other than what you said, which is, "Hey, there's Christian traditionalism infiltrating our city." Or is that something it? Like is that, that the whole thing? Something like that. But I don't want to mischaracterize it because I only saw a headline and some tweets. Huh. But I, I'll check I'll it out this it. week. It's probably a good story to to look at. I guess let's talk about this Cohen thing. I mean, there, there are deeper implications to this, um, but I just want this to be over so much yeah. that I just, I just don't care. So according to a bunch of random unnamed sources that are clearly leaking information, that's how we, we know all this, um, FBI agents on Monday raided Michael Cohen's office, that's Trump's attorney and friend, uh, his home and his hotel room as part of the investigation. They seized records about his clients and personal finances. So among these records taken were those related to this payment to Stormy Daniels, um, this payoff, this $130,000, $160,000 payoff. Yeah. So agents were looking for bank records, documents related to Cohen's dealing with the taxi industry, his communications with the Trump campaign and information on payments yeah. made to Stormy Daniels. And, and the that. reason, so if I understand correctly, the reason the FBI cares about this is because that may have been an in-kind campaign contribution. So it would be a campaign finance violation if that was never Basically. reported to the FE, FEC. Right. That's that's what these these leakers are are implying. But right. this is this, so far outside of the scope of the Russian collusion narrative. Right. And that's where this originated was from Mueller. 
like at, at least right. as I had read. Like Mueller found some information, passed it off to the FBI. FBI went and got their warrant and and did this. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is this sets a really bad precedent. That's why it's important. Um, actually, when I heard this, I was like, this is NBD. This is not this is not a super big deal. I think that they're going to come up with nothing. This is outside of the scope of the investigation. I don't think people are going to give a shit. Um, and then I talked to my fiance, and he's like, this is. This is bad, Rebecca. This is really bad because it sets a terrible precedent. I mean, attorney-client privilege, that, that's important. That is sacred to a lot of people. Trump has a shitload of attorneys. Sure. Um, yeah. So then I came across this New Yorker piece, if you want to talk about this, because I, yeah. we always talk about the um, impeachment blue balls. Like, the left is always yeah. talking about, like, they're going to stop at nothing. And so I kind of felt like this was not a big deal. And then I see this New Yorker article today. I just wanted to read this one this one section, because it just blew my mind that this is where the left is at this point. They, they think that they've got them, you know? Um, this is the week we know with increasing certainty that we're entering the last phase of the Trump presidency. This doesn't feel like a prophecy. It feels like a simple statement of the apparent truth. I know dozens of reporters and other investigators who have studied Donald Trump and his business and political ties. Some have been skeptical of the idea that President Trump himself knowingly colluded with Russian officials. That's because it's totally made up. It seems some yeah, only really. some only have been skeptical. Some sure. Um, yeah. It seems not all uh, Trumpian. It seems not at all Trumpian to participate in a complex plan with a long-term uncertain payoff. Collusion is an imprecise word, but it does seem close to certain that his son Donald and several people who work for him colluded with people close to the Kremlin. <sighs> it is up to prosecutors it and then seems the courts to figure certain. out if this was illegal God. or merely deceitful. We may have a hard time finding out President Trump knew himself and approved. First of all, that has nothing to do with this Cohen raid. And he, he says close to imprecise yeah. like all you ever of these hear the term weasel terms. words yeah. yeah weasel words that just make your language weaker yeah, uh, now in this case they have to by saying we've got him this is the end of the trump presidency and then it just all of these qualifying words yeah. it's like they, the, are they just, just fucking listening listening to this <laughs> this seems certain to be close yeah, to close the end to possibly but <laughs> also people other people are gonna have to figure out if they, this was illegal or merely deceitful but this also was totally outside of the scope of what we're talking about it's like yeah did, no, did he not even read this piece yeah again Davidson it, or whatever unless there's something him. crazy that we don't know about with cohen what we're talking about is campaign finance and tr even if true trump would not be the first candidate to run into campaign finance issues or problems i haven't looked into it but my understanding is there there was an obama case in which he had some campaign finance uh, misconduct that was resolved. It seems unclear as to whether that would rise to the level necessary for impeachment, even if it was found to be true. Again, that's Congress's judgment. It's not necessarily that there are objective criteria this for that. This is why but... the scope of the Mueller investigation is so important, though, because when you start to investigate and, the, and then the scope bleeds, you can get people for basically anything. And I think the analogy I use is like, this is like pulling over a teenager and lying about saying that you smell weed to, to search them. And then you find like, a small knife yeah. or something like that. Oh, and that's what's been frustrating about this entire Russian collusion investigation to date is everything that we know is stuff that is related to the investigation itself. Stuff like lying to the FBI, right. stuff like violating procedural rules, whatever. It's not... We have not found the evidence of, yes, Trump worked with Kremlin guy to, to meddle with things, to fix the election in favor of him and or against Hillary. Mm. We don't have that. We just have... Well, you didn't you didn't uh, you, you lied to the FBI when talking uh, when, when being interrogated about this or you, you didn't you didn't do X, Y or Z that you were supposed to in relation to the investigation. Th yeah, those right. matter like you can't lie to the FBI, but it's also a crime that wouldn't exist were it not for this investigation itself. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, if if they had 10% of this vigilance with Hillary Clinton, they would have uncovered all sorts of horrific widespread crimes. Mm. But but they just weren't interested. But now they're just going to get them on anything, you know. It just shows how far the left is going to go. I mean, they want him out and they will stop at nothing. Well, that's not the only FBI news this week. You ready for the bombshell report? Yeah, tell me more. Okay. Uh, Jim Comey, as I said, he's on like right now on ABC talking about his new book, uh, a higher loyalty, a higher loyalty to what or to whom is he loyal? You may ask, presumably the implication being the United States patriotism country sounds more like money. Yeah. You're you're doing the little (laughs) money gesture, whatever. Um, but yeah, if, if these things are so important, Jim Comey, these are things that a man with a higher loyalty will reveal to the American people. You waited a year, dude. You waited a year. You got a sweet book deal. You're going to do a tour. You're making money. Congratulations. I am mad at you for that. That's what people who write books do. But but it's the Trump called him a grandstander previously. This the way this has developed reeks of grandstanding. Oh, yeah under this guise of love of country and patriotism. You hate Trump. I get it. You hate Trump. You can write a book about hating Trump. Lots of people do, and they make money. I ain't mad at you for that. Just don't tell me it's some higher loyalty, the reason that you're doing this. And I love how the left, like, wants to kiss his ass, but they were just frothing at the mouth after he decided to open the the Hillary Clinton email investigation. I heard Shapiro say that. It's the greatest scam ever because he flipped people who hated him yeah. to the core for handing Trump the presidency. They, he has flipped them into his biggest fans mm-hmm. because now he hates Trump and hating Trump is the most important thing in yeah. the world. It's the most powerful thing imaginable to these people. And I think he explains why he opened the Hillary Clinton investigation um, again in, in this book. What did he say about it? Like he wanted her, her win to be legitimate and he was so certain that she was going to win. And he was like, if polls were more accurate, I wouldn't have done it because um, I thought that this was just going to validate her win. I didn't want her win to come into question. Sure. Yeah. I remember hearing some excerpts like that. Right there. So I looked at CNN's report, the 11 most eye-opening lines in James Comey's A Higher Loyalty, because a lot of, as far as I know, the book itself comes out Tuesday is not leaked anywhere. Uh, I might be wrong on that. But what I've seen so far is just excerpts. So I'm relying on CNN's report of the 11 most eye-opening excerpts ranked. Uh, I love the first one, number 11. Uh, his face appeared slightly orange with bright white half moons under his eyes, where I assume he placed small tanning goggles and impressively, how do you say that word? Quaffed, quaffed, impressively quaffed bright blonde hair, which upon close inspection looked to be all, uh, looked to be all his. Oh, okay. So we know it's not a a fake hair piece. According to Jim, Jim Comey. As he extended his hand, I made a mental note to check its size. It was smaller than mine, but it did not seem unusually so. Now, if that sounds petty, that's because it is. To, um, to CNN's credit, in their article here, they say this was, in a word, dumb, in another word, petty. It, it, under me, it undermines his, um, his credibility. Well, why did you call it 11 most eye-opening lines if it's dumb and petty? Okay. Premier investigation bureau in the world. This is what we're talking about here. This- yeah. This is mind-boggling. Are other countries looking at this and they're like, "Oh, America's full of shit." Like, where's uh? I can't find my second. Oh, here it is. Um, number seven. I liked this one. He brought up what he called the golden showers thing. This being from the dossier, the Steele dossier. 
adding that it bothered him that if there was even a 1% chance his wife Melania thought it was true, in what kind of marriage to what kind of man does a spouse conclude there is only a 99% chance her husband didn't do that? Well, you could attribute that to the husband being untrustworthy. You could also attribute it to the wife being untrusting. There are several reasons why the president would not want his wife. And let's also think about the nature of their relationship. He had been married Two times previously, she knew that he had an affair. What with with um, what was her name? Marla Maples, is that right? I, Tiffany I don't know. or something like that. Yeah. So she knew he had previous affairs that she that he had cheated on his wife. Um, he's a billionaire playboy that notoriously loves hot sluts. So <laughs> I I can imagine a situation where Melania marries him under you know the the they have an agreement where he can bang other chicks and she gets whatever she wants financially. Sure. Yeah. I think this is a bit of a different situation. Number one, you ready for number one? Wish I had a drum roll. Number one, this president is unethical and untethered to truth and institutional values. His leadership is transactional, ego-driven, and about personal loyalty. That's it. That's it. Can't believe it. Uh, So let's recap what these excerpts say. Now, remember, they're neither substantiated. This is what's interesting about them. They're neither substantiated by evidence, but even if they were, they're not substantial, neither substantiated nor substantial. What did we learn? Trump has normal size hands. James Comey believes that his hair is real. Um, He was worried about the piss allegations, piss allegations we already knew of. And Trump cares about loyalty above all else. These are all things we all knew already. They aren't new revelations. And even if they were true, even if they are true, they don't have any consequence. And this is all being reported as bombshell. It's not. It's James Comey's dramatic recollection of certain encounters with the president. There's no allegation of law breaking. There's no allegation of obstructing justice. There's no allegation of Russian collusion. There's no substantive allegation whatsoever. Again, I haven't read the full book. This is according to CNN's excerpts. Maybe that's in there, but you would think... If this is the top stuff they have, that's not a good case. It's not a case at all. I didn't learn anything new from yeah. these. I'm glad his loyalty is so high so that we were able to learn those things. What a waste good of for a him. tall man. Jeez. Did you see this Reddit parody? Yeah. This, so this was good. This was actually sent to me under the, the premise that it was serious. And I had to look at this. It's just like the Gorilla Channel from Michael Wolf's book. Remember, there was that fake Gorilla <laughs> yeah. Channel passage, and you're like, yeah. a lot of journalists shared it as real because it was right on the line of like, yeah, I kind of could see Trump watching a Gorilla Channel, maybe. Like, that seems quasi believable. But when you think about it, it had a lot of stretches that really didn't make any sense. Uh, the same is true for the higher loyalty parody over at reddit if you see this circulating it is not in fact real but it is in fact funny this is allegedly page 173 maybe when the book comes out this will be real who knows this is the parody version of james comey's book as is my want i visited the oval office on inauguration day and set a shiny red apple on the resolute desk i went with the the gala variety as i find them sweeter and crisper than the macintosh brayburn and jonah gold cultivars just i can't half these words i can't read because they're so these comey words are too advanced for me Uh, personally i prefer fuji 
but I feared an argument about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and I abhor xenophobia. <laughs> what the hell is this, G-Man? The president grunted. Please, Mr. President, I assured him, call me Jim, and welcome to what John Quincy Adams called the People's House. Did you say you bought this? Um, it was presented to me as true, <laughs> but I, my response was, are you sure this is true? That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't the Reddit source. It was actually, uh, somebody else reading it. And then I was Googling around and like, I can't find this Apple passage. I don't think this is real, but it's still funny. And whoever wrote it deserves credit. Uh, says Trump, I only eat golden delicious spittle congealed at the corners of the brute's mouth. He tossed my healthy and thoughtful gift to a slovenly Steve Bannon who grinned as he dropped it in a wastebasket. Turning away from the bleary eyes of his Neo Goebbels, I continued, Sir, as you begin your auspicious tenure as the chief executive of these United States, I again wanted to assure you of my highest principle. As Rain- Reinhold Niebuhr wrote in Justice and Mercy, published shortly after, and Trump cuts him off, Why don't you lock up crooked Hillary? Too busy reading Piehole Needle Dick? <laughs> Reins previous shifted his feet. But deep inside, I sensed approval of the bullying. I had walked into a den of vipers, yet my principle remained untarnished. I departed the White House to chance of lock her up. And Putin smiled. Might as well be in the book. What is this timeline? What is this? Who's going to read this? Uh, The same people who read Michael Wolff's book. The same people who have blue balls for Trump's impeachment. It's not going to happen, you guys. I mean, yeah. it, what's their plan here? What are they going to do with Pence? Uh, impeach him. Impeach till you get to Pelosi, I guess. Oh, somehow. That's not, that's not how it works. I don't even know what happens after Speaker of the House. They're, they just don't really have a long-term plan. Watch, here. this is I mean, this is what will happen. They'll, they'll elect, they'll get the House majority. They'll put Nancy Pelosi up and they'll try to impeach their way to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely. You want happen. civil war? Or to rally the Republican base. I mean, are they insane? If they were really smart, they'd just be doing nothing right now and kind of letting Republicans get comfortable thinking they're going to have a 2020 win. But they're not. They're going to nominate the the most atrocious, unlikable, awful candidates to ensure their own impossible defeat. And then talk about repealing the second continuously. Yeah, that's the strategy. Have to vote for Trump again. Yeah. Until everybody goes to the ballot box just to say, please, I'm voting just so I don't have to see David Hogg's face anymore. I just don't want to see his face ever yeah. again. Um, we'll talk to Zuckerberg next. We need, need a break, I assume. Yeah, sorry. I did not sleep well after seeing that dead guy. Who would have thought? Um, okay, let's see. I talked about the Chick-fil-A one. Rainier Chen cannot make it to the live show tonight. Have fun, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, Patrick says we sell bombs to Saudis who starve kids in Yemen. That's an, the Yemen. We, we don't care mm. about them. Um, also, how dare Syria gas its people? Yeah. Uh, Frank Underwood, I bet Sarah and Jen Hart had a severe case of Blonde's disease aggravated by terminal feminism. <laughs> the kids were not their own and they had no real way to have biological children given their ideology. Yes. Mm. I actually did point this out on, on that um, show where we talked about this two weeks ago. Uh, Marie Pinter, Pinter, I love your shows. I missed out on the Wednesday night show due to community theater, but I'm always looking forward to returning it to this week. Sure. And remember, if you want to listen back to the call-in show and other material, you can find it on the audio platforms linked in the description for you. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Redicus, the Middle East is a thug culture. The only way to control the people is to hold the biggest guns. Also, the two lesbians were child abusers and psychos. Imagine my shock. Yes, highest rate of domestic abuse of any couple's demographic. When we, when we talked about that, I said I hadn't looked at the data. And since I have, and I've seen some very comprehensive data now, uh, like uh, compilations of- combined study. It was 40 yeah. combined studies. And and uh, I forget what the, the sample size. It was gigantic. Yeah. This was not- this is not agenda-driven anti-LGBT stuff. This is uh, comprehensive looks at all of the academic uh, studies and data available on this. The incidence of domestic abuse in lesbian couples was 40% higher. It was 40% of couples reporting ah, some. And, it, and in the straight and gay community, gay as in two males, it's something like 15%. So That's we're talking crazy. two to three times higher. I just, I wonder why. Huh. I don't know. But, well, but, I don't want but to do there anything is, that has to make me look inward. I there's a, there's a compelling data case that exists yeah, that I hadn't definitely. seen previously. But I told you, and you're like, I don't know about that. I better look into the data. Well, I didn't say that it was wrong. It's just that I you know, I haven't seen it. Um, Sock Papa Joe, my take on the missile strike is that he did this in preparation for North Korea talks. Maybe, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Richard McLaughlin, we really shouldn't be shitting on Alex Jones. Mainstream media has hysterically has been hysterically promoting a Russia collusion conspiracy theory and cried when Trump won. Jones is a nut, but he is honest and I respect that. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he does, he isn't into like political theatrics, but I think that in that specific scene, he was, he was talking about his divorce and stuff. I mean, there were clearly interpersonal problems at play here, right? Uh, yeah, that's probably fair speculation, I guess. I don't know. I will always enjoy Alex Jones for the sort of show that it is, you know? I mean, I, I, my favorite thing he ever did was walking on the streets of Seattle, talking to those people that live by that you good. down below your apartment and just saying, look at this guy. I mean, he, he is physically grotesque. Okay. <laughs> like if he did more man on the street, I'm not saying, look, he doesn't have to do anything. His show's wildly successful. Good for him. Good for his, all his supplements and all that. He doesn't need to take advice from me, oh, but I will say that I th I thought his man on the street stuff was hilarious. I, I would absolutely watch more of that. Yeah, I mean, he was getting he was getting recognized. I'm a little worried because I'm meeting up with Brittany Pettibone this week, and I'm like, no. Are people gonna spit in our food if they recognize. Oh, because you're yeah, you're going out in public. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you guys want to see the Nazi show? Find him downtown know, Seattle. Right? Uh, Art Dogma: Money spent on a war in Syria means less money spent on middle class Americans. He's losing his edge to the war hawks surrounding him. Also, the wall is hmm. a dumb idea. Money better spent on NASA. That's uh. I mean, I like the first part of what you said, but the last part of what you said is, is idiotic. Walls we could have intellectual refuge on Mars if we put it into NASA. I think he's onto something. No, that's crazy. I mean, we need to be getting things under control domestically before we can start concerning ourselves with being you know, that far outward. I would agree with that general principle, yeah. Let's take care of stuff at home. Uh, Condra V said, any updates on the conceal and carry process? I'm just getting into training class. I presume that's- Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, I, got my, uh, I got my permit almost- uh... It was a week and a half ago. It was the Friday before last. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm awaiting some holsters that are coming in the mail. But nice. uh, but yeah, I got everything. You know, Take I'm, some I'm, pictures, put them on Twitter. I'm licensed to carry in the state of Montana. So Sweet. that's really yeah. cool. Um, Nick Hawk, unfortunately, I have to go. Here's a few bucks to keep you guys afloat. Thank you, Nick. We appreciate that. Let's Thanks. do a few more. Tim K. Matt and I once made love after mm. a heated argument on where to go for dinner. After a long debate, we both decided just to skip the meal and to go in and out with five guys, if you know what I mean. You guys <laughs> go in and out with five guys, huh? That's what she said. All right. Uh, Dallas Guyman, this is going to be, I'll just do two more. The line between truth and gossip has blurred to the point of obscurity. The media and the government have to get their shit together. I'm with hmm. you there. And last one for right now, Boogeyman917, trying to think of something funny to say 
um, to hopefully bring about the coveted rim shot, but I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, thanks for the quality Sunday evening. Listening well, that's all right. We hand out rim shots uh, for money. That's what we do on this show. What a pile of <laughs> Con- shit. Contact's not necessary. I have we're told rim some shots eight out of ones. 10 jokes that did not get, get rim shots. So. Yeah, but they were told by a female, so they get docked like two or three points. That's pretty fair. Unless they come from Amy Schumer, in which case they're hilarious, which we'll look at later. Yeah. Poor transition, but you were pretty close. That's right. We can't do that because that's we're not transitioning into that story. That's a couple away. So we'll go with Zuckerberg first. Because um, this this week was just so full of news. And any other week, this might have been story one that we would have covered. But uh, but here we are halfway through the show already. So Mark Zuckerberg, of course, has endured a lot of controversy at Facebook. You have the privacy issues with Cambridge Analytica and, and people's data being uh, people's I hesitate to use the term privacy because I'm not even sure privacy applies wholly in that context. Like yeah. information that you put on the internet will be harvested by people interested in that information. That's kind of what happens. But, you know, to the extent that the user agreement is unclear, to the extent that people not, might not be fully aware that's what's going on, I can understand why there's a problem there. Um, and, and then, of course, there were questions about the Russian election meddling. You know, those ads they bought on Facebook that convinced everyone not to vote for Hillary somehow. Yeah. And um, and then, of course, political bias. We've seen a wave of people being banned off of YouTube or punished. People of uh, conservative perspective, Diamond and Silk, most recently. <laughs> Terrorists. <laughs> I was trying this one. One thing that uh, Ted Cruz will question Zuckerberg about is, can you name left wing organizations that have suffered the same fate? And Zuckerberg says he's not specifically aware. I Maybe he's not specifically aware. I was trying to think of examples. Like, are there actual lefties being politically censored on Facebook? I am not keenly aware. If people have examples of that, I would like to see it. You know there aren't any. Come on. I'm just trying to be fair. But uh, but I couldn't think of, of any, so um, so I have to move on from it. But what I wanted to show was some of the questioning from Ted Cruz and Ben Sass uh, in the Senate hearings about political bias. And again, this was not really the organizational purpose of the hearings, but in my mind, this is something, to me, this might actually be the most consequential. Like privacy matters, Um, that's important. Russian election meddling, don't give a shit. They have all the hearings you want on that, get back to me when you have proof. But uh, this, this political bias stuff is stuff that's gonna impact us every day in terms of yeah. who's allowed to post on the, on the, on these platforms and also the media that's going to get to you, the ideas that are going to get to you as a consumer of the ideas. So let's start with, um, with Ted Cruz and his questioning of, um, of Mark Zuckerberg. He did a great job. There are a great many Americans who I think are deeply concerned that, that Facebook and other tech companies are engaged in a pervasive pattern of bias and political censorship. Do you agree with that assessment? Senator, let me say a few things about this. I understand where that concern is coming from because Facebook and the tech industry are located in Silicon Valley, which is an extremely left-leaning place. And uh, this is actually a concern that I have and that I try to root out in the company is making sure that we don't have um, any bias in the work that we do. Are you aware of any ad or page that has been taken down from Planned Parenthood? Uh, I'm, I'm not, but let me just... Uh, how about MoveOn.org? I'm not specifically aware of those. <laughs> how about cases. any Democratic candidate for office? I, I'm not specifically aware. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. In your testimony, you say that you have fifteen to 20,000 people working on security and content review. Do you know the political 
orientation of those 15 to 20,000 people engaged in content review? Uh, no, Senator. We do not generally ask people about their political orientation when they're joining the company. And you're... Okay, we'll get to Ben Sass in a minute. I want to talk about Cruz's questioning first. Um, to your point, I actually was happy to see him admit to the political bias of Silicon Valley. But that was a strategy. I mean, he knew if there were no admissions of any kind of... Um political leanings within the larger field that he would get hounded on it. So he just like gave them a little one. He didn't say Facebook has a left-leaning bias. He said Silicon Valley. He pushed the blame outward to take one preemptively. I mean, this is a strategy. Yeah, maybe. And uh, and I, I, there is some inconsistency in some of the things he says, not only in this exchange, but what he says with Ben Sass that we'll cover mm-hmm. momentarily. Uh, I guess what I, what bothers me is, is there's a certain lack of what? Oh, somebody in the live chat just said, open the pod bay doors. I mean, I love all the data and Star Trek memes that happened oh. with, with, you know, his robotic mannerisms. Yeah, he is. He's a lizard, of course. Yeah. He, he is a he's a bizarre guy. Yeah, that uh, that marks highly autistic. He's um, I'm not a professional able to diagnose anything. I just am a regular guy with regular eyes. And I say that dude's weird. <laughs> yeah. That guy's weird. Something's wrong with him. I don't know. Yeah. Good for him. He built like the biggest website ever and the biggest non-porn website ever. How about that? And, um, and uh, he's got a bunch of money. Congratulations. Yeah, But everybody just can't wait for his fall from grace. Yeah. Maybe I some... want to see him destroyed. I know I'm not the only one. He, uh, as I was questioning earlier, I wish he was able to supply an example of, um, of lefty organizations that have been censored off Facebook in the same way that would make me feel a little bit better about him having objective standards as opposed to political biases at Facebook. Um, but he says that he prioritizes eliminating that bias. We heard him say that, but he also says he has no knowledge of the political orientation of the workforce. You don't necessarily have to survey your employers. Um, but presumably you would have been training against bias. Like if it's that important to you, as you say, Has there been some kind of training against bias? And what results do you have to speak of? Like, did your employees have biases that you corrected through training? It seems like if he cares about it that much, there would have been some active measure taken that he would be able to describe. But right. we really and didn't also, get that. I know he's lying, you know, for a variety of reasons, but most notably, at least recently, Diamond and Silk, they were um, told that their page was being monitored seven months ago. And this wasn't some automated response. A team, the team that, that Ted Cruz was talking about, combed through their material and came to the conclusion that they were unsafe for the larger community and that this was an unappealable decision. So later in this hearing, he, uh, he says that was accidental. He, he suggests. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. He suggests that it was the result of some kind of automated response, hmm. but that's not what happened. It was a team of actual people that came to this conclusion. And then Diamond and Silk came out. He said that it was accidental. It was being reversed. Yeah. Diamond and Silk came out the next day and they were like, nobody has contacted us to tell us that this was an accidental decision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's just lying his ass off. I mean, you're allowed to lie that you're not going to be, he's not going to. Well, you're not in this context because that's called I mean, perjury. No, no. <laughs> in, in this kind of a congressional hearing, this is a congressional hearing, right? You, you can't. Yeah, he's not under oath? No. Oh, I didn't I'm know under that. I'm the impression that he's not under oath. Yeah. Oh, Tell okay. me in the live chat if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that you can't perjure yourself in this situation. Hmm. Um, Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, gets to a point that I was really happy to hear because this is exactly what I was talking about with the banning of Owen Benjamin. 
Yeah, it's not a First Amendment issue as far as the government or the law is concerned. But at the end of the day, we have giant platforms who control a huge amount of the speech in this country. Do we want these platforms to uphold the spirit of the First Amendment? Do we want them to uphold the idea that as long as you're not calling for violence or harming people in any way, that you should be able to express yourself in any way you want? Um, or do we want private private companies like Facebook to have all the control in the world over the speech that um, that's going to be uh, exchanged in this country. I get it. They're a private company. They can do it. I'm not suggesting that Ben Sass and company should go to Facebook and have tired control. Argument, though. We can't, we can't have companies that everybody uses to get that are major news sources that don't follow the spirit of the constitution. That's yeah. crazy to me. I want to, I want a cultural fix. I want to get, yeah. I want to convince guys like Mark Zuckerberg, you're doing it wrong. And it would be better if you did it this way, as opposed to using government authority to make them do it. But Ben Sass is, is hitting on the, on the right themes here. Let's hear what um, he The live say. chat confirmed that he was not under oath. So oh, okay. Well that, himself. all right. So lying his ass off confirmed. All right. Private company. Yeah. So you can make policies uh, that may be less than first amendment, full spirit embracing in my view. But I worry about that. I worry about a world where when you go from violent groups to hate speech in a hurry in one of your responses to one of the opening questions, um, you may decide or Facebook may decide it needs to police a whole bunch of speech um, that I think America might be better off not having policed by one company that has a really big and powerful platform. Can you define God, hate right. speech? Senator, I think that this is a really hard question. And I think it's one of the reasons why we struggle with it. There are certain definitions that, that we that we have around you know, calling for, for violence or... Let's just agree on that. If somebody's calling yeah. for violence, we, that shouldn't be there. I'm worried about the psychological categories around speech. There are some really passionately held views about the abortion issue on this panel today. Can you imagine a world uh, where you might decide that pro-lifers are prohibited from speaking about their abortion views on your content, on your platform? I certainly would not want that to be the case. But it, it might really be unsettling to people who've had an abortion to have an open debate about that, wouldn't it? It might be, but I don't think that that would, would fit any of the definitions of, of, of what we have. That is such bullshit. Like, why, how are you possibly monitoring something outside of the realm of violent speech categorizing it as hate speech, censoring it without even being able to define what it is. Yeah, that's the problem. And that's why I'm so disappointed here. So he starts out correctly saying, well, hate speech is kind of nebulous. That's very difficult to define. Correct, Mark. But it doesn't lead him to conclude maybe we ought not to regulate it then. If you right. are not able to define <laughs> it, yeah, you probably, especially when you're dealing with something as important as speech, maybe you shouldn't regulate it. So and that's what's frustrating is SAS gives him the example of let's say you and your team decide that pro-life arguments are hateful and are hate speech, especially if they're directed at someone who's had an abortion. Mark Zuckerberg said, well, I certainly wouldn't want that to be the case. And that doesn't fit our current definitions of hate speech. Okay, well, tell me your current definitions of hate speech then. But he, he can't, he never really offers that. I don't know, that. but I know it when I see it. Basically, that's basically my understanding of what he's describing there. Uh, and that that would be the take that would be the takeaway. If you can't define the speech you're regulating, you probably shouldn't be regulating the speech, especially when your platform is speech. That is, you're in the business of speech, free and open speech. That's why Facebook was created. You know, it's not um, it's not like free speech at a coffee shop or something yeah. like where the business is coffee, but you can talk there if you want. It's like that's the purpose of your business is people freely exchanging ideas, news, information, whatever.
So you, you better be, if you're going to restrict their ability to do that, you better be very clear on objective criteria for that restriction. Otherwise, it's just you and your guys in a politically biased place that you admit. And then you say, and then you also say, well, I have no, I have no idea of their political leanings at all. For all I know, it's a whole bunch of crazed right wingers in Facebook. This well, the results why people are deleting their accounts. I read that one in yeah. 10 Facebook user has deleted their account within the last month. That's really bad. That's, yeah, that's that, their stock me. is down. I don't know, 12, 14%, something like that. I yeah. mean, I think that we're seeing this on the way out. What's the use of Facebook anymore? Why does anybody use it? It's a news aggregator for me in terms of actually communicating with people. Twitter is my preferred, but I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm in the spot cause I love, I love Twitter's model. I hate their politics. Yeah. Oh, I just saw in the live chat, uh, somebody said you can't delete. You can only deactivate. You can go through a process of deletion and oh, just boy. export your data, which is what I've done. But it takes two weeks for them to permanently delete your account. So you can't wow. do it. Yeah. You have to request a deletion. Well, we've gotten through the most sensible part of the hearing. Oh, this God. this part with John Kennedy uh, is awesome. Like yeah. So John Kennedy is senator from Louisiana. He bluntly tells Zuckerberg at the hearing, your user agreement sucks. It's not, and that's a quote, by the way, your user agreement sucks. It's not easily understood by a typical user. Uh, you should write it in plain English, Mark, not Swahili. And of course, CNN has to manufacture controversy about that particular statement. So here's the statement first. Here's what everybody's been trying to tell you today. And I, I, I say this gently. Your user agreement sucks. <laughs> The purpose of that user agreement is to cover Facebook's rear end. It's not to inform your users about their rights. I'm going to suggest to you that you go back home and rewrite it. And tell your $1,200 an hour lawyers, no disrespect, they're good. But but tell them you want it written in English, in non-Swahili. Okay. Now, he goes to discuss the hearing with Aaron Burnett on CNN. And Aaron Burnett is going to say, as you know... Lots of outrage about yeah. that comment. Lots of outrage. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Was there really Everyone's lots of outrage. outrage? Some guy told me that he was outraged. Yeah. Yeah. And Senator John Kennedy replies perfectly. Can more people please do this stuff? Laura Ingram, for example, wish you would have done this. I'm glad that Laura has come out of this okay, and I think she was unfairly attacked. Wish you would have done this instead of caving to David Hogg. Take note, people, when you're attacked by faux outrage, follow the John Kennedy method. End of that exchange when you were mm -hmm. asking the question of Mark, uh, you know, you said uh, in English, uh, not in Swahili. And right. obviously you're probably aware there has been outrage over your Swahili line by some, some calling it a racial slur, disparaging. Right. Note these tweets. We're going to return to these in a second. Outrage by some. And if you see these names, Lisa Rose, Nadia, Peter Carey or if they sound like these people, nobody's that's because they are mm. okay. Distasteful, unnecessary. Uh, do you want to apologize for it? Or do you think that those people are taking it too seriously? No, nah, there's nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I, I, I think everybody understood the point I was trying to make. So no, no apology at all. Nah. All right. <laughs> give good. Up, Darren. Give up, yeah. Good for you. God. She's just the worst. Oh, well, she's on the same network as Brooke Baldwin and Don Lemon. And of course, your favorite, um, Brian, uh, what's his face? S Stelzer? Stelzer? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't know. I'd actually put her as more tolerable than pretty much all of those people. Oh, no. To be I've seen some, some absolutely infuriating interviews with her. She's just a, 
uh, a terrible interviewer and she's you know everybody was outraged by that i like his yeah. response i mean this is how we need to respond always even if you messed up and the left is trying to attack you because they see your apology as uh you know an admission that you've done something wrong and as a vulnerability so just be like nope i'm not sorry I, yeah. I, I don't care what you have to say don't now of course her saying outraged by some prompted me to actually look for the tweets and i did that i, I tracked down these three tweets account one or tweet one is from somebody named lisa rose that tweet has been liked 18 times and that was after <laughs> the segment after the segment so it probably there was probably people like me going to see the tweet after it aired because yeah. i just looked at it today and the segment aired like thursday wednesday thursday last week or something account two peter carey this is the king of the group that tweet was liked 85 times after the segment and then account three somebody named nadia four likes after the segment and you know so, these were the the these are the ones they put on screen these are the biggest yeah, accounts they could yeah. find there was no organic outrage it's clear that cnn wanted to manufacture some outrage so I they got some intern this is racist anyway he could have said not in french or not in german yeah. or any number of other languages like how is this racist yeah and you'll know when cnn put the put those tweet graphics up on the screen they cropped out the, the interaction number likes, numbers yeah. yeah because people like me are gonna say well wait a second outraged by some yeah. i mean if, if it had thousands of interactions and was organically trending i'd say all right i think that's stupid but i can at least get where you're coming from because this is something people are talking about this is just hey intern guy go find some outrage about this being racist yeah, okay totally. i'll be back in 10 minutes it, and yeah, it backfired spectacularly because it showed all of us that instead of apologizing, we should just act like a 75 yeah. year old Republican that doesn't give a fuck. Now, if he had said to your point, if he had said German or French or Mandarin or something else, would they have tried to manufacture the outrage? I suspect not. And if that's the case, if then who's Mandarin, real... I bet they would have. Yeah. Okay. So let's say non-white, a non-white language. Maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't. But to me, if they didn't, if it's a unique standard for just Swahili, that's kind of racist. Why are you protecting <laughs> this one language with a different standard than others? Why? The point is the language is foreign to the vast majority of United States speakers. It's not the race of the speaker. It's the foreign nature Democrats of the language. The real races. <sighs> it's just so exhausting. And I'm so glad to see somebody stand up to it. So yeah. thank you, John Kennedy. Appreciate it. Mm. All right. We got the uh, Simpsons, a poo controversy. And then Amy Schumer and then some hoax hate. Should we take another break or should we go? Should we just keep going Let's with the outrage? keep and go going with... and then we okay. can do one big thing at the end. Everybody's watching the Comey interview anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I suppose so. So I knew of this controversy last year because there was this movie, a documentary, whatever you want to call it, called The Problem with a Pooh. This was last came, year? Yeah, it came out in 2017. Oh, I did not know it had already come out. So it must yeah. have been very successful. Well, we'll watch the trailer and you can get all you need to know out of that pretty much. I've not seen the full movie, full disclosure, but I've read about it and I've seen the trailer and I, I have a gist of the argument they're trying to make. This is by comedian Hari Kondabulu, which... Um, <laughs> That's racist. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I know. Uh, so the, the movie and Hari lament the fact that Apu on The Simpsons was the only south asian character on tv for quite some time creating native stereotypes for indian people you'll hear this in the trailer momentarily it's not just that they're saying oh apu is 
a negative stereotype of Indian people. What they're saying is it's, it's, we grant that, that the Simpsons stereotypes everybody because they do. The Simpsons is nothing but a cavalcade of stereotypes, yeah, and that's yeah. part of what makes it funny. But um, Every single person, but, like Homer is this big, big, dumb, fat American. Like Everybody's yeah. a stereotype. Yeah, the family itself is a stereotype. But their point is, well, no, for a while there, it was he was the only visible Indian character. So we were all basically assigned Apu or the name Apu or, you know, we were uh, thought to have Apu-like characteristics when we don't. Let's listen to the trailer and then I have a, a response to that. So this is the trailer to the problem with Apu or an abbreviated version of it. I hate Apu. hate Apu. And, and because of that, I dislike The Simpsons. The whole series. Yeah. I love The Simpsons because you, you know. hate yourself. My name is Hari Kondabolu. I've had a great career filled with laughter, critical acclaim. I should be completely happy, but there's still one man who, who haunts guy? me. Apu Nahasapima Petalon. Please pay for your purchases and get out and come again. The Simpsons, stereotypes, all races. The problem is we didn't have any other representation. You know that a white guy does the voice? Huh? A white guy doing an impression of a white guy making fun of my father. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm making a movie about how much I dislike it. Right away, they were like, can you do an Indian voice and how offensive can you make it? I would immediately begun to talk this way. I was like, it's not tremendously accurate. It's a little uh, stereotype. I'm like, that's all right. There are accents that by their nature to um, white Americans sound funny, period. It's funny because it's racist. Now I realize some of you think I'm some annoying PC social justice warrior that's very sensitive and you're probably thinking, come on, Snowflake, let it go. Well, I have let it go for 28 years. Okay. Uh, I'm so I, tired of this crap. Yeah, I have some problems with that argument. Um, first off, you have let it go for 28 years. Yeah. So why are you still hung up on it then? The original argument was we didn't have any other representation, so it was unfair to us. Well, now you do. Yeah. Now you've got Aziz Ansari. Now you've got Mindy Kaling, whatever her name is. You've got plenty of representation. So now you can let it go. I thought your argument was, well, it's not the stereotype in The Simpsons because everybody gets that. It's that we don't have it elsewhere. Now you do. So now you should let it go per your own Whatever reasoning. What happened to being grateful that another country provided you with a clearly superior life than you would have gotten in your home country where they still shit in the streets? You Both want to go back to India? Your life would suck there. You have a better life here. You should be grateful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't understand his reasoning because if he's saying look it's not this negative stereotype on the simpsons it's that it was the only representation okay but then your complaint really isn't with the simpsons then is it you're saying it's that other people aren't doing a good job putting indian characters in things because you because if it was negative stereotypes you'd have to rip the simpsons for doing it to italians to right, black right, right, people right. to everyone you also so, cut out a piece of this trailer where this woman was saying like and we just have to repeat these Indian slogans when we're trying out for different jobs, like we're dancing monkeys. I was thinking yeah. that's exactly what acting is, pretending like you're somebody else and sometimes falling into stereotypical roles. And you've chosen that as a profession. So quit bitching. Just everybody yeah. quit bitching. Now, in a John Kennedy-like move, The Simpsons responded to this controversy. So again, this is a controversy that's, the movie came out, I think, last summer. So we're going on a year Old, That's the hilarious. Controversy I didn't itself. even know it came out. Yeah, but nobody watched it, us included. And 
The Simpsons responded, I think this was from last Sunday's episode. The context here is Marge is telling Lisa a bedtime story that has been made entirely politically correct and stripped of any of its character, basically. And Lisa's disappointed in that. Well, this this character in the story really didn't have any obstacles to overcome. What's the point of this? And they kind of agree on that. And then they comment directly on the Apu scandal. So here's how The Simpsons addressed it. Okay, here's a new version of The Princess in the Garden. <sighs> Mom, you're exhausted. It takes a lot of work to take the spirit and character out of a book, but now <laughs> it's as inoffensive as a Sunday in Cincinnati. Once there was a cisgender girl named Clara. She lived in South America fighting for wild horse rescue. <laughs> and net neutrality. <laughs> This new Clara sounds like she starts out pretty perfect. You betcha. But since she's already evolved, she doesn't really have an emotional journey to complete. Nope. Kinda means there's no point to the book. Well, what am I supposed to do? It's hard to say. Something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? Some things will be dealt with at a later date. If at all. Good. Yeah. Good to have some fun with it. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, The Simpsons uh, did, not in the earlier years, but, you know, in the early to mid-2000s, really contribute to this spirit of political correctness. And so I also hmm. kind of feel like maybe they're getting something that they kind of deserve. I mean, How so? I guess I, I stopped watching like around Lena the time Dunham The Simpsons. Like was a repeat um, celebrity guest. They did a lot of, um, like, you know, PC left-leaning stuff. They've kind of come back a lot around, but I haven't watched it a lot since season, I don't know, when did it start to get shitty? Probably season 13. I stopped around the time of the Simpsons movie, which I enjoyed the Simpsons movie, and historically I've enjoyed the Simpsons. i uh big fan of, obviously, not only the show, but what they've contributed to influencing other shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a great response. That's totally true. Yeah. I mean, are we just going to stop doing, having, having storylines that are emotionally moving because we can't take offense because we just can't bear the offense. Yeah. Now there, it, the story doesn't end there, unfortunately. So they, they seem to take a good stance against these SJWs, but they got some pushback on that pressure against the producers. Um, and, and executive producer Al Jean responded on Twitter with a statement that I just hate, or at least a brief tweet. He said, quote, uh, I truly appreciate all responses pro and con this being to that a poo bit that we just watched. We'll continue to try to find an answer that is popular and more importantly, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. This response sucks. All right. Comedy yeah. is not about being popular and it's not about being right. It's about pushing boundaries. It's about challenging what's safe. Well, I don't know if that's true. I think that there has to be a, a kernel of truth in comedy for it to really resonate. Well, I'm not saying untruthful. I'm saying. But isn't that what he meant by Right. Oh, I thought he meant morally right as opposed to like truthfully right. Oh, maybe. I, I, I guess that's how I read it. You're probably right. Yeah. Morally right as in like, look how good of good, sensitive people we are. That's Popular that's how I write. Right, which are the same yeah. things to the left. You know, I think of the funniest guy, you know, it's he just says the things that everybody else uh, already agrees with and nobody has any objections to whatsoever. That's the funniest guy that, you know, for sure. He never challenges anything. Yeah. I, uh, the Simpsons is probably, I, I don't know. I haven't tuned in recently. My, my guess is like, how long can this show go? I, I, I don't know. know. What maybe are they, forever. They must be 
on year 32 or something. It's basically as old as we are. I think it started it like started 89. Before, what we were born in 87. Yeah. Oh, I thought it started before we were born. There might have been different iterations of it that Let me know in the live chat in the late the 80s. Yeah. Simpsons was. But I think, you know, they're in 30, 30 years, around yeah. 30 years. I just, I, I liked the response. I hate to see a producer coming back and saying, well, we'll try to, we'll try to protect your feelings and do this right next time. Please, God, no. Ugh. But I'm kind of a fraud anyway, because I haven't been watching the show for a while either. So. But I like that response. It did start in 89. You were right. Okay. Well, speaking of cringe, Ugh. you want to hop into Amy Schumer? Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> we'll do these last two stories and then we'll just close out with Super Chat. We'll do it that way. Um, so uh, I was going to do this as surprise cringe, but I had already mentioned it on Wednesday and I th- some of this stuff was coming out anyway. So I thought, ah, this doesn't need to be a surprise. I had already a- seen it. So Yeah. Amy Schumer's new movie, I Feel Pretty, is um, is set to hit theaters on friday so based on the trailer which we'll check out in a minute here it looks to me unbearably cringe the premise is amy schumer plays an insecure character who wants to feel pretty but can't because she's too insecure you mean fat Uh, right that's one way to put it sure she falls on her head this character and she wakes up with total confidence despite being unchanged in appearance with this newfound confidence (laughs) unchanged in bmi (laughs) with this newfound confidence she is empowered to live her life fearlessly and flawlessly now let's check out the trailer now i will say this i'm not a big proponent of trigger warnings on this show most of the time you know what you're getting if you do have any small children you're irresponsibly allowing to watch this show there is some (laughs) fair amount of amy schumer flesh toward the latter half of this oh no of this trailer i Uh, hope kids don't watch this I would not subject my children to this viewing, but we're going to view it anyway. This is the trailer to I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer. I've always wondered what it's like to be undeniably pretty. Wait, that's me. Yes. I'm beautiful. I have a crazy idea. Let's be honest for a minute. No matter how many times we hear, it's what's on the inside that matters. Women know deep down, it's what's on the outside that the whole world judges. I've been on all of these sites, no one even looks at the profile. They only care about the picture, and I'm sick of it. Who's that sexy thing I see over there? I think a lot of people completely miss the thing that really makes them awesome. And you're not like that. Ooh, bikini contest. DJ, hit it. I'll say something about Amy Schumer. I used to like what I used to watch um, inside Amy Schumer. really like it. This was in my blue pill days. And some of the stuff that I liked is she would stumble upon truths sometimes about, about gender relations, about women. And what she said there was true. Women know in their hearts that it's really important. What they look like is really important. She's telling the truth about that. Um, and she did get a lot of uh, shit for this, for making Yeah, which movie. is why the feminists are mad at her too. Feminists are mad because she shouldn't want to be pretty. That's what they're saying. Ugh. I mean, my whole take on this is that there is truth to that, but but it's this it's this weird conclusion where you're going to trick yourself into confidence. Well, really, confidence is kind of a natural consequence of taking the best care of yourself possible. Yeah. You're not going to if you treat yourself like crap, 
and you get overweight or whatever else, you're not going to be con- you're not going to be confident. You can't trick yourself into that confidence. Exactly. You would become naturally confident by deciding I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to become the best version of myself I possibly can. And consequence becomes a natural or uh, confidence right, becomes right. a natural consequence. That's the message I I would intend to give it's my not children. Just but... confident. Have you ever met somebody with disproportionate confidence? They're an object of pity for the general public. Like a fat girl that feels really good about herself. I'm always like it's really sad that she can't see herself the way that everybody else does. <laughs> it is. I mean, why would you feel so good about yourself? You should have an appropriate there is, amount of confidence from what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. I mean, it is part of this unfortunate lesson that broader feminism teaches, not just young girls, but people in general, that you can you can just trick yourself into having this positive outlook that will empower you. It, it doesn't really work. It, you, you're, you're giving yourself a false line to give yourself right. false happiness, and it never really pans out. And Amy, back in the day, I don't know if you've ever seen this interview that she did on like The Five or something like that. She was with Steven Crowder. It was like 10 years Yeah, ago. yeah, I remember I that. I mean, she was never a beautiful girl, but she was uh, cute. She weighed probably 40 to 50 pounds less than she did she and does now. She was, she was certainly no shame. I will put it that way. Like, she was yeah, certainly... Yeah, I mean, so she knows that she could get down to a place or down to a size where she could legitimately feel good about herself, you know, yeah, not, not have the kind of level of confidence like a model has or something like that, but feel good about her accomplishments and, and her size sure. and, and her and being in her own skin. Sure. And it's, it's really about being the best version of yourself. You can be like, if we compare, if we compare ourselves to each other, ultimately there's always somebody who's better looking. There's always somebody who's smarter. The, the, the real game of life is as Jordan Peterson says, you compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. And that's that's where you really find satisfaction and confidence is like, man, yesterday, a month ago, a year ago, two years ago, I was a real pathetic version of myself. That's true for me. Yeah, me and too. And that's why yeah. I feel like I'm happy and satisfied. I'm not a perfect yeah. person. I have my flaws, but I know that I'm a better person today than I was a year ago, three yeah. years ago, five years ago. That's that's where confidence, happiness, satisfaction, From that's where you really find yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't trick myself. I didn't. <laughs> tell myself a bunch of lines and I, and it's not like I have perfect confidence either. You know, and everybody love... knows some smoking hot chick with incredibly low self-confidence too. Like, Oh, those are the best kind. <laughs> well, not, not that far. The kind of chick who's hot, but doesn't know that she's hot. That's the best kind. Uh, or like has an eating disorder or something. I'm just joking. No, okay, too far, okay. too far, too far. <laughs> now I, I also have to mention this in true Shumerian fashion. Shumerian. Yes, it's being alleged this film plot is plagiarized, or at least heavily, um, heavily borrow. It heavily borrows from a 1945 film called *The Enchanted Cottage*. Without crediting the film, it was about uh, that film was about a disfigured Air Force pilot falling in love with a homely maid, and uh, and how their feelings for each other transform them into handsome and beautiful people. This criticism, according to the blog Hollywood Elsewhere, so I'm kind of Dude, pulling it's a just shallow hell. Yeah, it could be shallow Hal too. Who knows? All I'm saying is, you know, joke stealing. I don't know if she stole jokes, but she probably stole the plot. Who knows? Um, She's not super funny. And she has stolen jokes before. Oh, yeah. The montages on YouTube are bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. I can forgive a few because I can think of examples in my life. 30 minute montages of stolen jokes. I know. I can definitely think of examples in my life where I've arrived at basically the same or a similar joke to a person through honest happenstance. Some of them are real specific. These are really specific and there are a lot. Yeah. There are a lot. Now, 
that's not, female that, comedians generally aren't as funny as their male counterparts. No, we just have funny? to convince ourselves. You have to put yourself in a mindset to yeah, say, no, yeah. they are funny. And, and they're funny because they're so confident. And then she yeah. has to demand that everybody around her also treats her like she's as funny as her male counterparts too. Correct. And then she will be as funny, right? Then we will have achieved uh, feminist utopia. Yeah. Except the feminists don't like her either because she thinks prettiness is something to be achieved. I can't believe she just got married. Okay. Oh yes, that good transition. She just got married, and to I learned a this. Handsome chef. Yes. By the way, the f- emphasis on chef. That's why I laughed the hardest. Amy Schumer married a chef. This was like two months ago, and she. This is half the cringe because she appeared on Stephen Colbert's show to promote the film and described her honeymoon in Italy with this chef man. Uh, there's the, the, the particular exchange everyone's talking about is Steven asked her if she enjoys the carbs, the carbohydrates of Italy. And she becomes, um, she becomes jokingly offended at that question. This is Amy Schumer on Stephen Colbert's show. And I have to distort everything too. Cause, um, cause CBS are the biggest copyright Nazis on YouTube, but bear with me cooking at a festival in Milan and I heard that they invented pasta and wine so I've just been kind of following him around so you went to Italy for your honeymoon yeah oh that's nice yeah no do you are you do you you enjoy the pasta and the wine because some people deny themselves the the what kind of sick no ask you a question some people just don't do carbs So you do the pasta and the wine? Very, very much so. Like, kind of almost every night. Okay, you know, actresses good. say, like, I love cheeseburgers. I'm what you look like if you have pasta and wine. Which is absolutely beautiful, I by know. the way. I know. I'm black. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I want to be a fat slob and have an audience <laughs> just cheering for me. This bitch has hacked life. But she then really she has, has to be Amy Schumer, and so there's that. It's true. The response to that, um, it does have a lot of critical, um, critical feedback, but there's a lot of positive, too. And that's not even... It's a nine-minute interview in which, of course, she references her own genitals and other things that Amy Schumer is wanting to do. She can't get through an interview without talking about how her vagina smells like a barnyard animal. Like, she yeah. can't do it. <sighs> yeah, I get it. It's smelly. Like, I've heard this joke before. <laughs> yeah. You did it like five times in the leather special on Netflix. Oh, God. I get it. And I'm a fan of self-deprecating humor, but she just takes it to... Self-deprecating humor still has to be... It has to be clever. Hers is never clever. It's like my crotch smells. All right. And I'm a slut. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, I mean, she's looking really rough. I guess I'm just bummed out that any man's willing to marry her. Like, I, he needs to never give her a child and then take all of her money and then reveal to everybody that he's gay. And then I'll feel like the world is right. Ah, maybe that, maybe that's the long game. Maybe that's what's going to happen. I mean, chef. So let's hope. And, and, and to be clear with, with Amy and anybody else do whatever you want. Like, I don't care if someone wants to eat pasta, drink wine every night, become a Schumerian figure. The difference is she's out there telling us that we have to find that pretty, that we all have to say, Oh, Beauty standards are all subjective. It's really just the mindset that you have. There are no objective beauty standards. Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. And it's be what be who you want, Amy. You're not hurting me. I don't care. Just don't stand up there and tell me like, 
this is the prettiest version of myself I could be. Cause it's not, it's, it's not, not the prettiest yeah. version. It's not the healthiest version. You don't have to be those things if you don't want to. I mean, wine and pasta every night. Can you imagine? I mean, it sounds delicious, but you know. And I, she's what? She's five years older than I am. I just can't. Yeah. I have to restrict my diet so much not to gain weight. I just can't imagine eating like that. Yeah, it's a question of what you want. And Amy Schumer wants apparently to eat like that and also to be told that she's the prettiest version of herself. Or You're not. You're just not. You're, no. you're, you're a pasta version of yourself. That's fine. But don't, don't don't make us believe just plainly untrue things. You know, by the end of the show, I just am always so exhausted. I just want to take a nap. I'm just okay. emotionally exhausted. Well, let's try to wake you up because hoax hate no. it's time for the hoax hate of the week. 45 and minute. Intro. Now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit. It's backwards. I'm just going to hop into a very brief news report about this hoax hate out of um, Woodbridge, Virginia, D.C. area. Fox 5 update. A 13-year-old girl from Woodbridge is facing charges for allegedly lying about a hate crime to police. The teenager told Prince William County police officers that a man approached her with a knife and called her a terrorist. She told police it happened last Friday in the area of Jado Court in Riverview Lane. The teen claimed that the man covered her mouth and removed her headscarf before running away. Investigators believe it never happened. She is being charged now with knowingly filing a false police report. I just... What's the incentive for a 13-year-old girl? Is it just the attention or are you in trouble with your shitty Muslim parents or what? what why it, is, um, it, it is a young age. It reminds me of the one out of Canada, that high-profile one oh, the, from a few 11. months ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as I said, this is, um, this is D.C. area. It, it, this girl claimed, she told police that it happened at a specific intersection, this again in Woodbridge, Virginia, on April 6th. She said a man put a knife against her arm and called her a terrorist. She claimed that he covered her mouth to muffle her screams and ripped off her hijab before fleeing. This is almost identical to that scissors hijab cutter story in, uh, in Canada. Investigators say they determined the alleged, the alleged encounter never happened, though I tried to look for how... Um, how they actually know that, like how they know definitively that it didn't happen. I didn't see any information on that, but presumably they don't have... approach somebody with a weapon unless you have some kind of motive, like you're going to rape them or rob them or something. You just don't, you know, I'm going to hold a knife up to this 13 year old girl and then rip off her hijab. Yeah. You could have just ripped off with her job without brandishing a knife. The whole thing. But, but I'm, I'm presuming that they have to have some kind of evidence that gives it definitive, uh, a definitive judgment that this never happened, not just suspicion that it never happened. Cause they, cause as they said, they are charging her with knowingly filing a false police report. Mm -hmm. So presumably they have reason to say that, no, no, no. She knowingly told us demonstrably false information, not just this doesn't add up. We have questions about this. We're suspicious. Maybe, I don't know, but it really doesn't add up at the end. Our last episode of this show, I'm just going to tell everybody that I'm actually responsible for all of these hate crimes. <laughs> yeah. You're the great hijab puller and cutter. I am. Yeah. Now I, um, I have conflicting feelings about this, but I'm actually more on one side of it than the other, but it is complicated by the fact that it's a child. So on the one hand, good. I am glad that hoaxers, people giving false information to police are getting charged because how many times have we seen this happen and the police say, Oh, he's a good boy. He didn't mean it. We're letting him go. No, you're wasting police resources. You're lying to police. There are laws on the books. You should be charged. I'm glad to see that happening in this case. That said, this is a particularly young individual. I wonder, is this something that this 
child actually came up with on her own. Was she put up to it by somebody? Or was she put up to it by her bitch mother, like that 11-year-old Muslim? It could be. Yeah, it could be. In Canada, right? Yeah, that was in, um, I think it was in Toronto. Sounds about right. Yeah. Although it never came through that her mom put her up to it, but I can, I almost guarantee it. I just, I have a hard time believing that a girl that young goes to these lengths to lie to police to preserve a political narrative or perpetuate a political narrative. So I do worry... Is a child going to be unfairly punished in this case? But at least with the precedent or the principle of lie to police, face the charge, that I'm happy to see. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but kids want attention too. Hmm. All right, that's all I got. So and that's, all I got, that's all I got for a show. So we're a little bit ahead, but we should round out. Uh, Sweet, we got a million super chats. Let's, let's round out super chat. Um, praise to Keck. Did I already read this one? Matt and I once made love at an In-N-Out. He went animal style as he went. <laughs> in and out you guys are disgusting god and why is it always so gay for matt uh it's a it's a meme of the show now a return to reason love the show and appreciate the work you two do to advance free speech and logical dialogue i just started channel two weeks ago if you're looking for like-minded content keep up the good work that is return to reason check it out guys thank you so much thanks and if you have stuff um that you'd like us to check out just send me an email eric stadsklev stadsklev love the show tc all day I assume he's referring to the twins in that case. The twins, uh, this is this cap I wear is actually like a, a retro oh, a Minnesota thing. Twins Oof. cap. Normally they wear a TC cap for Twin Cities, but uh, back oh, in my Queen day, cities there. back when I was born, when the twins won the 87 World Series, they wore these M caps. I know what you're talking about for sure. And that's uh, what I assume he means by TC. Yeah, he must. Uh, Josh Hahn of Josh and Jess says, Blonde's disease is real. Yes, I know. I am a terminal <laughs> sufferer. Didn't they say that earlier? Didn't uh, they also? Else said that. Yeah. In oh, a completely okay. unrelated note, I have exciting news to share with you guys on Wednesday's show. We look forward to hearing oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Meek said, lesbians have higher rates of domestic violence because their periods sync up and they PMS at the same time. <laughs> Um, that might be true isn't there evidence that women who live together they sync up that way yeah but i think it's more that like there's no man containing the neuroses or threatening to like lay down the pimp hand because isn't Mm. that what's fundamental in most heterosexual relationships the fear that your spouse is going to kill you right (laughs) and that's totally absent speak for yourself man (laughs) it's just totally unfettered female insanity unchecked Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'd love to look into it. If anybody has any real data on this, I'd I'd love to read it. All Um, I can say, my softer take is that men and women have important complementary roles. Um, God, you're so gross. (laughs) You're just the worst. Yeah, yeah. But I I appreciate your take there. (laughs) Hassan Chop said, what has happened to Trump's America first? Color me discouraged in 2018. Yeah, Mm, I was feeling really blackpilled, but the serious strike really was mostly symbolic. So I'm not going to vote for him again, though, if there's no wall. Like, I'm serious. I'm you heard it here. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe if they run over, I'll have no choice. It won't matter in Idaho, though, anyway. It's, that's, that's true. They're going to go that's for true. Trump no matter if what. If I abstain, it's not really going to make a big difference. Although it yeah. didn't really matter, and I still voted in Seattle. Yeah, it probably won't matter there either. <laughs> oh, Rodzilla, Rodzilla 5332. Because a patron, and if Blonde won't say it, I will. Time to step up, the, uh, step it up, guys. Blonde should have way more patrons. Oh, Blonde, we should have a trebuchet instead of a catapult. It's much more fun. Thank you. I feel like I'm doing really well on Patreon because I only put up four videos a month. I I put up weekly videos because I wanted to keep it at a stable pace for when I have kids so that I can keep doing the same number of videos. Um, Skag's the one that's putting up 
to uh to a month or to a week that's so crazy i'll try i got a break coming up though so good you need it yeah. uh kyle loader said can't seem to post my original comment i'll have it in the below or i can tweet it at you guys uh sure. kyle for some reason uh he has a very nice beard for some reason if you have a cuss word or if you say like Jew, sometimes they won't send it. Although that one super chat did get through earlier. Yeah. By the way, and that's not us. As I said, you can set certain terms to be banned. Yeah, I can do that. The flat Earth banned. Flat Earth. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Flat Earth. Anything related to flat Earth. There's like ten different terms that they yeah. used when they assaulted our stream. But there's no content. There's no swear word that I've. Yeah. Well, that I've banned. That's that YouTube for... doing that themselves. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kevin Van. Ikerin. I hope I didn't screw that. I'm always butchering people's names. Isn't it unreasonable to expect hard evidence from the U.S. or any country when it comes to justification for missile strikes? Wouldn't that give up the source of that info? Well, when they were saying that they were sure it was Assad, they certainly didn't have a problem giving up the source. So I don't really know how that's relevant. Um, I think it's in the it's in the public interest. I think if we're going to get more deeply involved in Middle Eastern affairs, that we have a right as voters to know if there's any legitimate evidence. I mean, they said it was yeah. Assad for sure. And the reports were just eyewitness accounts and videos of children writhing on the ground. That's not enough fucking evidence for me. Yeah, I'd like to see more uh, or at least no definitive. I guess we have we've seen we've heard reports of the French report and stuff. Well, but. the Russia report was also like there was no evidence that there was a chemical attack at all, which I can't get on board hmm. with that. There, there was a chemical attack. I just don't believe that it was Assad orchestrated. He had hmm. no incentive. Um, but thank you for the donation. <laughs> sorry, sorry I was a bitch, Kevin. Uh, Thomas Donovan, what are your opinions on using CRISPR on humans to benefit them? I know it has many possible drawbacks, but if it worked, would you make it legal? Ooh, that has a lot of moral implications, and I don't know Noah about I'm it. I'm actually unfamiliar with this. Is this about um, um, like genetic design stuff, yeah. eugenics? Uh, not eugenics. Maybe that's the wrong it's, term. I think it's but... genetic resequencing to either prevent disease in future generations or to mm. cure present disease. I actually... I can't think, even answer that. Sorry. I think the ethical implications are different if you're talking about disease elimination versus like preference for aesthetic traits. That that gets a little hairier, I think. Yeah. Um, hmm. I got to think about that more. I can't. Yeah, I would too. I, Sorry, Thomas. That, my response um, if you have more thoughts on it or if you have a take on it, send it to um, send it to my inbox or the podcast inbox. We could we could read it on the Wednesday show and reply to it there. Um, Redica says the only left wing censorship I can think of was the Antifa Patreon that was shut down. Oh, I forgot about that. Which is d connected to direct violence, yeah. too. I mean, that's uh, the, the, a lot of the, the conservative or, or libertarian censorship is not connected to direct violence. It's just censorship based on opinion or perspective. Um, so I don't even know if I count that really, like you're not censoring Antifa because of their views. You're censoring them because they harm people right. actively. Right. Right. Um, agent flipping in an attempt to be as fair as I can be to the Zuck getting grilled by a congressional committee would be an extremely stressful situation for anybody. Yes. Oh yeah, for but sure. Nobody is more deserving. I, I was really happy to see him squirm. a little. <laughs> nobody. Bit. What about Amy Schumer? She needs to be grilled on joke stealing and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, taxpayer funded congressional hearing. Then yeah, the response to that. Um, Answer right, or you get the catapult. <laughs> yeah, trebuchet for you, fatty. We'd never be able to catapult her. There's no catapult no. strong enough. Mm -mm, mm -mm. All right, carry on. Filbert fifty three Rogers. I can't help but think this that this grilling of Zook is just a chance for the cucks to act tough publicly before and going back to their handlers and betraying Americans hmm. for shekels again. That's pretty black pill, but maybe you're right. Um. Luke Webb, the Simpsons episode, Homer's Enemy is the best one of all time. It's the one with Frank Grimes in it. Which one was that? Oh, yeah. It's really hard to remember because these are so old. Frank Grimes is hired at the power plant, I think. And he just hates Homer. And 
I forget exactly what the plot was, but Grimes ends up dying somehow. Man, I'm butchering it, but that, that episode's got to be like 20 years old minimum. Oh, it's been a long time. Maybe it's time for me to revisit like seasons three through seven, like the mm. real the real good ones. Yeah. Um. Thank you for that. Steven Suarez Blonde, if you don't care for video games, would you be open to playing the Stick of Truth or the Fractured But Whole? <laughs> I said it. Don't don't clip these things out, guys. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, Steven, as always. AZ Archer says the Simpsons did go the PC route, but they realized that their main viewer was the everyman average Joe and that it was a break for those people uh, for something to laugh at, and they brought it back. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I got. So, I mean, maybe this is just kind of their reckoning for contributing to politically correct culture. So, yeah, if you come around to the right perspective, I, I appreciate that. Although that executive producer guy didn't, he should have Joe Kennedy, man. He should have said, it's my show. Screw you. Don't watch it if you don't like yeah, it. Whatever That's what he should Just don't watch. Um, Liberative, a big donation. Thank you. The Simpsons Thanks, started man. in 1988. Neither of you are old enough to remember a world without the Simpsons in it. Neither is the douche canoe who made the anti-Apu documentary. This is just evidence of the spoiled nature of millennials. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Thank you, man. Krampus from Kansas. Schumer is a well-known joke thief. This is just the feminism version of Shallow Hal. She is a hack. Hmm. Yes. Sing it, Krampus from Kansas. JVal90, I defend the right of companies like Facebook to censor whatever they want on their platforms in the same way that I defend the right of neo-Nazis to free speech. I would agree with you there if they would come out and just say that they're not unbiased, that they sure. are biased. If they were like, we have a left-leaning, we filter things for yeah. liberal ideologies, then I'd be like, all right. But they're saying that, that it's just this neutral platform that as a conservative, it's safe for you to build up your social media presence there. It's not. Yeah. But the point he's making is really key. And I, I think a lot of people need to understand that defending a right does not mean you agree with the exercise of the right in exactly. any particular instance. In fact, that's what's crucial about defending a right. I will not remove that from you, even if I disagree with your exercise of it. Same with speech, same with private business, as you're describing. And I, I wish people on the left uh, people of a particular leftist variety would understand that more. You're defending his right to say something bad. Richard Spencer's right to speak, for example. Yeah. That means you endorse Richard Spencer's speech. Well, no, I just think he should have the same platform that anybody else should because it's a free country. Agreed. Benny V, my girlfriend just saw Firefly and Serenity for the first time and she cried, hashtag Team Firefly. If we're going to bomb a foreign country, why not hit Paris? We'd get more Muslims that way. Not for nothing. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Ha, gotcha. Um, well thought out. Eric. Hey, that's a new sounder. Is that JP? Um, yeah, I, that was sent to me. I'm just, that's sitting Sweet, in there. Sweet, that Kathy Newman interview. I think yeah, it's up good. to like ha, 10, gotcha. million, 10 million views or something like that. Yeah. Crazy number of views. Yeah. Um, Eric Stodsklev. Now my dick smells like a bar, a small barnyard animal. Thanks, <laughs> He said super chat won't let him say dick. Um, so he had to Are you serious? What about guys named dick? Yeah, what are they supposed to do? Not all the dicks out there. Yeah. Um, what about the... Busy, right, I'm bussy. just going to stop there. Oh, I get it. This girl is to build your female base. I'll buy it. I agree. Everyone should strive to be the best they can be. Blonde, when are you going to step it up? JK, next gen, puppies, baby mama. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. Thank you. Um, Mithroth just woke up 5 a.m. here in Sweden. I'll watch the full show later. Keep the good oh, work. Wow. Oh, we, we love our Thanks Swedes. for tuning in. And let me reload that. I think that that was the last one. Oh, no, one more. Mike Newman, love the show. What is to the left of Blonde's head below the artwork? Below in the artwork. Oh, gotcha. Um, what is it? I, Are you talking about the Wehrmacht, the German army marching? Oh, yeah. I actually yeah. couldn't believe that Skag um, 
let that one through. I yeah, was like, yeah. is that really a German army? And when we were finalizing the artwork and he was like, yo, what's the problem? Yeah, it's sweet. Like, okay, okay, when, bro. Um, when Facepalm, our artist, put it together, I never told him what to include or not. He just made the art and yeah. he picked up on themes of the show. Obviously, it's not an endorsement. It's 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 a uh, nod it's to the tongue, blonde fear. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah. And and then of course we got the truck of peace and there's Bigfoot in there too and some other things. So yeah, it's it's uh it's German. One of the reasons I'm so fashy on the show is because nobody in my family but my sister everybody watches my videos, but nobody in my family but my sister watches the podcast. Like my parents a few weeks ago, they were like, How do we listen to your podcast? They didn't even know that we do it on video. Wow. So the only people I'm disappointing are my sister and your parents. <laughs> My so parents like you. I They'll get to meet eventually. That blows my mind. I think yeah. that is that's so wild. They must be so tolerant and such we nice don't people. agree with everything she says, but she makes us laugh. Oh, that's, that's so kind sweet. of every what everyone says what basically. Nice well, to varying degrees. That's on the high end. The other end is how do you do a show with such a racist Nazi? Yeah, and then I get yeah. emails like, "How do you do a show with this relentless cuck?" Yeah, again, again. That's how we know we're doing Just, it right. That is how we know we're doing it right. But again, please, for the love of God, people. Email the person you're mad at or the yeah. show inbox. That's fine. Email the show inbox if you want. Do and not I won't answer you or you can email me and do I'll rip you. Do not email me saying that you disagree with Blonde. <laughs> because I will like make fun of you. Day. Just every day he gets an email in his in his inbox. Of I disagree with me. what she said. Cool. Blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com. Yeah. Go Send there. your hate mail to me. I will go over to Gab at Blonde one. underscore beast on Gab. Yeah. I don't care if you want to rip me, rip me all you want. That's what my inbox is for. But just please, for the love of God, send it to who you're mad at. You think Worski Live is still on? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Let's get out of here. So uh, appreciate everybody hanging out in the live chat for going the big Comey interview. You don't know what you're missing. I'll have to tune out and tune in after this. See what I missed out on. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us live. Shit posting away, keeping us honest uh, while we try to maintain sincerity and uh, keep honest with the facts as well. If you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand later, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material, including the call-in show, other interviews we've done, stuff you won't find on YouTube. That's all on the audio platforms. So check those out. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked in the description for you. And you can email us and be mad at one or both of us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday working some sweet guests behind the scenes and see who we can get. Get that Tommy Robinson business on. Because uh, if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not me at the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. I we'll am. see you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.